Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on Lonely Boys. Please tell me what we're doing here. Yeah, and talk about the filthy rich. What happened to you? Yesterday I received an envelope. Inside was a business card with an address, a date, and a time on it. No name. I assumed it was some overly designed invitation to a business meeting. But I arrived at the address. It was something entirely different. High stakes poker game? Or an arms dealer auction? The ultimate private gentleman's club. I walked through this door and it was... It was the Chuck Bass version of Narnia. We enter. She was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. It's like she was waiting for me. Ready to serve my every desire. Okay, alright. We don't need details. Sadly, I'm pretty sure that's as far as it went. I woke up alone in a hotel room. Cruel twist of fate. I don't even remember her name. Well, what exactly do you remember? (laughs) Not a lot. I'm hoping coming here will change that. Amper Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys, but I'm not here by myself. I am here with my co-host. He's a podcaster. No, he's a seagull. No, he's a bitch. Brown. Brendan? Hi, you cut out for a second. I didn't know if you... Yeah, you're glitchy there. Yeah, glitchy, glitchy. Uh, anyway. Cut out. You cut I out. I didn't cut out on my head. All right, hold on. Let me... All right, well, where'd I cut out? Do you want me to just take it again? You can take it again if you, if you want. If you feel like you lost it. All right. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> well, <laughs> well where, where did I, where did I cut I mean, out? Was the whole thing Pretty much. We, we didn't really get to enjoy any of it, so you might as well. <laughs> One more time. One more time. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back. Oh, no, nope, I'm going to take it again. <laughs> here we go. I'm, I'm just going to speed through it now. Hey, Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys, but I'm not here by myself. I'm with my co-host. He's a podcaster. No, he's a seagull. No, he's a shameless <laughs> bitch. Brendan Ruffle, how are you? Hello. I am, of course, your co-host of the Creepy Uncle of Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dilehoto Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the Creamatorium. The editor-in-chief at Cream Weekly is here. Um, and if it seems like we rushed through our intros, it's because we had to take them three times. I, I knew you were gonna. I, yeah. I knew you were gonna. I just wanted peel to peel that layer back. Yeah, I, I wanted people to know that um, you're not always so lackluster and dull, adult. I mean, maybe you <laughs> how are. Do, how do I sound? Am I cutting out? You sound good. All right, great. I just, just want to make sure. For some reason, I, I thought I felt like if I said it really fast that third time, it, I would be able to beat myself <laughs> cutting out. Like yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's how technology works. It feels like that's true. Well. 
my I, I didn't stop recording over on my end, so it wasn't my microphone's fault. It must have just been the, the wind has really been acting up. I uh, think the, the wind must the have wind probably like with it. bent the internet waves or something, right? Yeah, and that does happen a lot, right? <laughs> I think so. All right. Well, Bebop is giving us the signal. Our guest is ready, and we have a another very special oh, guest they, here. Oh, yeah, they just, uh, just got done with her hair and makeup for the show. Yes, that's right. Um, and she is ready. That's right. We all we all do get made up for the show, even though it is a non-video <laughs> recording. Um, this this is someone who is one of my favorite podcast guests. Uh, she gets wow. on the Dom and Colin podcast a lot. Is someone I'm always excited to hear from. Please welcome for the first time to our show, Casual Anna. Anna, how are you? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. That was so nice. Um, I'm usually a little bit more about an undersell, but I'm going to do my best here. I am certainly a casual Gossip Girl viewer, so should be able to deliver on that end. Now, I, I did decide to go with your informal nickname rather than your full government name because I, of course, know you as Casual Anna. Brendan, do you have any idea why her name is Casual Anna? <laughs> no, but I, I love like the people from your world have such good... Twitter names. I'm guessing that's what it is. Like we have Mel got served and Casual Anna. It's both very fun. Uh, no, it has nothing to do with Twitter. Anna famously okay. not on Twitter. Um, she <laughs> she is one of the only people I follow on Instagram though. Even though I don't use Instagram, it's how oh I was. God. It's how I was keeping track of whether she was in the country or not. <laughs> <laughs> because yes, for the second time in less than a month, our uh, our scheduled Lonely Boys guest has decided to <laughs> flee to Italy rather than record with us. But well, welcome back to the country. We are very. <laughs> excited to have you here thank you i am thrilled to be back if only just to record the podcast yeah and i guess I, i'm just not going to reveal why I was gonna say, yeah are we gonna find out why? <laughs> let's hear it well okay because in our world we talk about you know the survivor and the big brother mostly survivor right and uh you know, in the podcasting community, we we are all, as they call, super fans, right? And and Anna is someone who is good friends with a uh, friend of the podcast, Colin Stone, in real life. And Colin likes to invite her on to get the more of the casual viewers' perspective. So she <laughs> okay. has been dubbed Casual Anna by <laughs> podcast hosts and fans alike. She's very very a very popular guest in these parts. Wow. So people like to hear like the perspective of like a normal person, not a freak, essentially. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to find some normal people out there that don't <laughs> obsess over <laughs> over television shows. That's nice. It really just uh, works out well for me because there's just no need to ever prepare for anything. That's because great. <laughs> right, because if you get, always if you get letting everyone down. If you get something wrong, that's like part of your shtick. When right. you come on and you're like, who won last season? Everyone's like, yes, casual Anna. She doesn't know anything. Nice. We so love easy. her. So does that, does that kind of box you into being a casual fan of everything? Can you not like love anything truly because of your name? <laughs> See, like, Have you never been able thing. to find love because you're so casual? We don't even want to start there. Yeah, it's far too casual to find love. But <laughs> I just like things like a, a normal amount, I feel like. <laughs> and take you were, joy you, from that. If you had to consider yourself a super fan of anything, what would that be? Um, this is probably going to be divisive, but in like pure basic like white girl... Fashion. I'm a I'm a big Taylor Swift girl. Whoa! Oh no! You, you said you come to the great. That was gonna be my answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right I was gonna say <laughs> that's probably my biggest fandom. Seen every tour. Cool. No, that's amazing. All that's awesome. the lyrics, everything. Lover. This is great. I don't know if Colin has ever told me this about you, but it is, he's definitely dropped the ball <laughs> oh, if he wow. has not told me this because. Um, 
we are also very big uh, Swifties over here. Yeah. I famously cool. have every every Taylor Swift song ranked from one to one fifty nine. So if you'd ever like to see that master list, I would, I would be love. Happy but to all see. I really need to know is what's number one. That's the story of us, of course. It's been it's okay. been an underrated favorite of mine forever. All right. Um, we, uh, of course, will be starting the Swifty Boys podcast coming to a Patreon near you where we will break down every Taylor Swift album. Um, so yeah, we'll, so of course, have to that. get you on for that as well. Oh, my um, gosh. Yes. But then I can't be casual. No, no, no. You will be, for the first time ever, you'll be Anna. super fan Anna. Yeah. Super fan coming, <laughs> super on, to the, Anna. <laughs> coming super on to the fan. podcast. Yeah. I, yeah, I people, yeah, was literally I, yesterday, like, trying to, I was running. I was like, hmm, if I ever got a tattoo, maybe it would be a Taylor Swift tattoo. I have had that same thought so many times. And it's just like, you know, it's not often like you look like I swear I listen to Taylor Swift and I'm always like, I wish that I still had AIM so I could make this my away message. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, I, and gone are the days where people really tweet uh, song lyrics anymore. Mm. I'd like to bring, bring that back. back because that was always a, a really fun time back yeah, in like, high school tweet just tweeting out some just song lyrics. replying to people, so maybe I'll start just making that my thing. I'll retweet it for you. All right, um, But I, I guess I guess let's pivot back to okay, Gossip sure. Girl. Uh, Anna, what is your uh, history with Gossip Girl? Did you watch it when it was first on? Have you ever rewatched the show? Um, are you a, are you a, I guess you wouldn't be considered a super fan of Gossip Girl, but are you a casual fan as true to your name? Or are you, uh, like, what's, what's your Gossip Girl story? Yeah, I was, I'm going to like date myself a little bit, but I was in high school when Gossip Girl was first on. So I watched, um, I know, I watched uh, Weekly with my neighbors. It was always super fun. Um, And then I think I must have fallen off like when I went to college. Um, But I mean, I do, I know this is spoiler free, but I know who Gossip Girl (gasps) is. So like I somehow came around at the end. I think everyone um, in the world knows except for Brendan. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't like, I didn't see that episode. Like, I don't know like how that all kind of came together. So I would say I probably watched like the first three seasons. Um, and I loved it and still like have fun memories of Gossip Girl. So it was fun. I've never rewatched it. So it was fun to kind of jump back in and watch this episode and be reminded of all the outfits I tried to recreate in my like small town <laughs> high school. <laughs> Dressing like Blair. <laughs> and this is a very fun one to rewatch, in my opinion. A lot is happening in this episode. Um, yes. I'm sure you must have a favorite and least favorite character from your time watching this show. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would like. I think it's a two for one. Like my favorite and least favorite would have to be Chuck. Okay, that makes okay. sense. Yeah, <laughs> there's a person that you have to love and hate. That is our our good friend Chuck Bass. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I'm has... also like I'm definitely a Blair over Serena girl, but yeah. Great, great, great opinion. Yeah. Yeah, nothing but great opinions here so far, Anna. <laughs> have to <laughs> agree. Um, so glad I haven't misstepped yeah. yet. When when I first wait, in... it's coming. <laughs> when I first invited you to the podcast, I believe you spoke of your love for Blair, so I knew this was going to be a good a good fit. Um, so. Let's, I guess, without further ado, get into the episode. Unless you want to derail us further, Brendan, because last time I tried to do this, you wanted to riff for a little more. Yeah, no, we're good. We, we have a guest here, so we might as well actually get into it. Okay, great. But thanks so, for offering. These, yeah, okay. <laughs> so the seniors put on a production of The Age of Innocence and find their personal lives mirroring the play. Serena develops a crush on the play's director and enlists Vanessa's knowledge of theater to help her get his attention. Nate has difficulties with the play and the director and his relationship with Vanessa. Blair receives devastating news about her future that leads her on a witch hunt for the person responsible. Blair thinks it's Dan, but it turns out to be... Okay, I am not reading all of this. This is the longest little <laughs> Wikipedia blurb I've ever seen. You you get the gist you of it. You get it. Um, 
the title reference, Brendan, it is your time to shine. Do you know what the title of this episode is referencing? Um, remind me what the title of this episode was. If you if you don't, I'll just Google it and yes. cheat. But oh, the age the of age, dissonance, right? The age of dissonance. Yes. Yeah. So it's just uh, the name of the actual play, like the name, whatever the name of the play is, is the name, is like the reference. Okay. Which is what? Is it that, or is there another word instead of dissonance? Brendan, I need your guess. I, this is, this is, I forgot this what, is what the game stupid is. play was. I it's not you enough. ask me uh, what the answer is, and then I tell you. All right. Well, I'll just say the age of dissonance. I think they just went straight for it, but I'm sure that's wrong. It is the age of innocence. innocence. You are incorrect. Uh, I knew it. I just didn't feel like Googling. I could have done it, but it was. You, you could have cheated. You could cheat every week if you want, but that would not be fun. Yeah, but I, I knew like where it was coming from. I, I, I deserve I, partial credit for this. No. You are now... <laughs> Okay. Down at 500, you are 9 for 18 on the season. Wow, so very lazy about Still me. not terrible. <laughs> the, it is the Age of Innocence. They original said it like air 10 date. times in the episode, too. Yeah, that's on you. Like, you have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> I could have even written it down. Like, what a fool. Such a fool. Yeah. So, <laughs> your laziness gets you again. Uh, the original air date of this is March 16th, 2009. So, a bit of a uh, month break since the last episode. And we will get started... There was a previously on in this episode, and I have egg on yes. my face because uh, I, I literally you, just said who's the fool on now? our most recent OC recap that Gossip Girl never does previously ons, and now here we are. Uh, oh, thank God, God never for the does previously, previously on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just for Anna who needed who needed a little recap on what's <laughs> been happening up until this point. Um, but it is time oh. for the annual senior class play. Where is uh, this, this been? Year's I would play... love to have seen this last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did have a. Pl- uh, a Play every year or musicals. Like they were they, seniors last year. That's true. Yeah, it wasn't mandatory though. This this year's plays the Age of Innocence. Very excited for this because I, I famously love a high school musical. Although this isn't oh, yeah. a musical, it's more of just a high school play. So I guess um, it would uh, have still, been so much cooler in high school if, if it was mandatory. this was required. Yeah, like <laughs> me being like the lead in the high school musical somehow did not make me cool. But like, if I don't only. believe that. Uh, yeah, according to Nate, this is a senior requirement, which is the wackiest thing I've ever heard. Like, I've never <laughs> been to a private school, but is this a thing you can do? Like, force seniors to all be in a school play? I mean, I don't know. Uh, but if, a if, lot if you're of people forced to do it, you could probably still just like act out and scream at the director midway anyway and still get credit for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people definitely didn't want to do this, probably, and probably like sucked at it. And like, how were there even enough roles for everyone? They definitely had to like invent new roles every year. <laughs> yeah, for this well, there were like tradition. 25 people on stage at one time. So I guess that's how they, they that's why they picked. <laughs> this particular play <laughs> just everyone else just stand in the background um <laughs> it also says that a doctor diagnosed chuck with acute stage fright so um i guess that's where that's why he doesn't have to be here all episode he's free to do whatever he wants and like it like Anne has been flagging out this is the perfect episode for you to come on for because uh i understand that you were a star in all of your school plays well no but i was in them so <laughs> i was in them so yes this was uh it really just made me think about how much cooler it would have been if somebody who looked like Nate Archibald was playing opposite <laughs> me. <laughs> and yes, and I just gave you a like random my episode. My gay best friend from high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just gave you a random episode, but it worked out well because uh, you something that you are familiar with. I, I did one musical in my life during my grad school year in Albany, uh, The Drowsy Chaperone. It was a time in my life. Yeah. Really wish really wish I had done more, but uh, now I've missed my chance again, I guess. Um, I was a natural, and everyone loved me, just to brag about myself. There's always community theater. You know that's how I know Colin. It's like Colin and I would do plays together as kids. Aww. Yeah, I, I was shocked to learn that Colin was in plays. So. Colin's a very good singer. 
I mean, insane to me. I, I never knew that. Again, another thing that I've known Colin for like seven years now at this point, probably. And he has told me maybe two things about his personal life in those seven years. So, I, <laughs> And that I has been me and that, he oh, that, is, that has been one. No, one of them has been a, that he has a friend called the uh, casual Anna. And the other one is that I, I don't even know what, what the other one would be, but I'll let you know if it comes to me. Uh, Brendan, I went well, to high school with know. you. Yeah, I, I will let you know when I find out. Uh, Brendan, I went to high school with you, so I, I know you didn't do any school plays, but how terrible would you have been if you were in them? Um, I think I also would have, I think me and you could really be a good, like, one-two punch as, like, a, a dual star role. I, th- I think yeah, as, if I had as you like, to Gangsters up, 1 and 2 in the yeah, Jurassic Chaperone. Yeah, no, yeah, I think we could, we could do great together, but if I was on my own, it would be a sad disaster. Well, famously, I saw the middle school production of... Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in eighth grade, and I was so unimpressed with uh, the leads involved. I said I could have been a better uh, Charlie yeah. than this, no doubt about it. I will be doing these musicals next year once we get to high school. And then I saw yes. who was in the theater oh, uh, department yeah. in high school. Uh, no shade Billings. to Anna, whose theater department I'm sure was much cooler than mine. And I said, no, you know what? No, Maybe theater <laughs> was not <laughs> not for me. And it took until my literal last year of college for <laughs> right. a, a good friend Bonus to like years. force me into it. And it was fun. It was a good time. I mean, we, we both have acting yeah. chops. I mean, we, we've done plenty of uh, homemade well, movies. Plenty of, was, plenty of Lonely Boys Theater. Plenty of Lonely Boys Theater, of course, too, where we show off. Show off. Yeah. I will say, like, in my defense, I felt like it flipped because then I was a theater major in college, which is, like, extra nerdy. But, like, I dated a um, basketball player, like, through college, and his friends were always begging me to, like, come to the theater parties because the theater par- kids were all, like, the freakiest yeah no they were so and i was always sorry they're closed parties they always were my have the tables turned like (laughs) true i mean it's true once you go to college um like i said i only did the one uh musical in my career but i was definitely good friends with all of the uh theater people all throughout college and i i was getting uh getting some invites to those to those parties and a good theater party is a great time i must say so uh Definitely, definitely shifts course once you go to college, and I mean, I don't know what it is about. Still weird, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's a little more acceptable. So, um, so Blair is going to be playing the more emotionally complex female lead in this. Dorota is here to help her get ready because obviously, <laughs> obviously. Dorota is there in uniform. Of course, um, Blair is thriving ever since she won her uh, little faux lawsuit against Miss Carr. Uh, clearly, she has already gotten over about her father being extremely disappointed in her and <laughs> yeah. uh, leaving for Paris for three years. Um, the only thing is she has to she has to play opposite uh, and not Handsome Dan, but Handsome Dan Humphrey. She has to play opposite in this in this play. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Used one of my favorite words, the odious. <laughs> the odious, yeah. Yes. Um, we also find out that Serena has a crush on the director of the play, Julian, not to be confused with Julian Edelman, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, now, we know that this is not Julian Edelman, but we don't know who this is. Like, they got a Broadway director to direct their little school play. And like, I, and it seems like this is going to be, like, at first, another an, an, another adult having an inappropriate tryst with a student, right. which we're already doing in this very episode. So I'm glad we don't double down on this, right. and we, we get, get close, the, the great the twist way. ending with, with we get the great twist ending with him at the end. Yeah, um, we do. Yeah, I don't know why this Broadway director is agreeing to do this in the first place. Probably just a big paycheck, I'm guessing. Um, but it doesn't seem like any I of these guess. people that are going to the school are theater kids that are looking for a career path in that way. So is, that would make more sense 
to hire him if one of the kids was like a standout star and was trying to get into Broadway. But obviously none of these kids give a shit about this play. Right. You'd think that if there were uh, theater people in this play, they'd be getting the leads instead of like Nate, Dan, Blair, (laughs) Nelly Yuki, who is not cut out for the theater. Uh, Like, (laughs) that's why they have to force people to do this, I guess. I don't know why they need a play to happen every year. But uh, speaking of Nelly Yuki, we hear her scream and it's because she just got early admission to Yale, which is impossible because we know as the as is the age old rule here, Yale only accepts one constant student early every year. And that should be Blair. Uh, Again, why does this have to be the rule we have no idea but nelly yuki got the email directly from dean berube and uh nelly has such a shit-eating grin when she hands the phone over to blair as she should she's been uh she's been beefing with blair for the last couple of weeks yeah. and blair is not happy she needs to go yell at queller some more and leaves the road alone with the minions and when she, when she gets this news too you almost feel like there has to be something she could do right like it's, this can't be the end for our hero blair yeah, it's only that, I mean, at least what we think right now is it, it's only that she didn't get early admission, but uh, later when she does talk to Queller, we're going to find out that it's like final, Yale has no interest in you because yeah. you told uh, Miss Carr the wrong opera time a couple weeks ago. So stupid. <laughs> Very stupid. Uh, we see Julian in action for the first time. Uh, he seems like a bit of a dick right off the bat. He's yelling at Dan. Uh, Jenny's also here. She got a gig designing the costumes. And then Miss Carr has the nerve to show up to Dan's play rehearsal and just watch. Just watch. Like, what a what, weirdo. What is she doing? Especially since there's already full knowledge of her and Dan's friendship. You can't see me, but I'm putting friendship in air quotes. And now <laughs> she's just showing up to his play rehearsal to watch him. Like She's creepy. She's a creepy person. The other faculty members, who are also there for some reason, don't know why all the teachers are just hanging out at play rehearsal, but the other faculty members, they're all whispering and asking how she can show her face. And that would be me. That good would question. be me. I'd, yes, be, very good I'd be gossiping with them, asking, like, what the fuck is she doing here? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's her whole episode here is insane. Just the, the fact that she still exists here and what she, what she does and like doubles down on everything this entire episode is just wacky. But I, I just want to point out more so that it's also interesting that Serena seems to have quite a type. She's always going for the pretentious yes, douchebag. Yes. Well, I will say, Julian is so much endlessly more interesting than Aaron yes, is. Yes, Aaron was putting me to right. sleep. Julian is like the opposite. He's like shouting at everyone. <laughs> yeah. He is OTT. Yeah. Um, Anna, how do you feel about our villain of the week, Miss Carr? I didn't want to have sex with high school boys in high school, so I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a very confusing character at the very least. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess like they just, the way they explain all of her uh, naiveness or weirdness away is that she's from Iowa. So like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is how they do it on she's the, the cornfield in Iowa. State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had completely forgotten about this. Um, this storyline so that oh, was well, lucky you thank gosh for the previously on it brought me right back <laughs> yeah. in I, I, as much huh. as we, i hate her and she's she sucks and she's just the worst part of the episode it also i i like the show for having characters like this that are so easily hateable it really makes you like feel something and I, I appreciate that they bring people in so you can just shit on them and then they can leave well, speaking of a character that may be in that mold, Vanessa is making another documentary. Yeah, well, she doesn't leave. About this play for <laughs> they, some they give fucking reason. to stay in the show. Yeah. Shouldn't Vanessa be getting homeschooled? She she really has to bother people with her camera again because this always works out so well for her. Um, Nate and Vanessa's relationship still going strong, at least for now. Uh, Vanessa apparently is a huge Age of Innocence stan, but Nate says it's the most boring book ever and that nothing happens. I feel like Vanessa should have been like, but Nate, that's because you can't read. Like You're, you're, <laughs> Nate, you're holding the book upside down. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, apparently, eating this a book tomato like about- an apple. <laughs> apparently this book is all about the details according to her the simple act of unbuttoning a glove expresses the character's inner passion i've got to start unbuttoning more gloves maybe that's what i'm missing in my love life yeah those those driving gloves we were talking about last week you gotta wear those (laughs) yes that's the secret my driving gloves i've got to start unbuttoning them (laughs) have either of you ever read or had to read the age of innocence it seems like everyone is familiar with it in gossip girl at least Mm. never had never heard i have not yeah, no, I've either, definitely so. heard of it, but I've never, never read it. Yeah, so this is... Uh, I need more than a, a glove and buttoning to get me excited these days. I've heard of these Songs of Innocence by you too. put on my uh, iPhone. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I feel like this is probably... I, I may, I'd like to know how the Age of Innocence stands felt about this episode, because there are a lot of references and stuff to it, and I feel like you'd probably enjoy it more if you were familiar with it, but uh, we're over three here, as no one has ever yeah. read this book. Uh, probably never will. I don't... I can't see myself. Um, yeah. Um, so... We cut the stage fright Chuck over here, who has ha- he has a lot of free time since he doesn't need to go to any of the rehearsals. Uh, it's nice to see Chuck kind of back to the old Chuck, just like being his smiley and smarmy self, like schmoozing people at this yeah. diner or wherever he is, uh, meeting with Mr. Campbell. Who, who Are we supposed to know who Mr. Campbell is? Like, he's just dad's best kind of friend. a big role in this storyline, but yeah. Um, <laughs> dad's best friend. <laughs> yeah, his dad's the best friend who he's never met. <laughs> yes, the inventor of chicken soup that's why he, that's where he got his fortune from and uh so chuck gets seated at a table nearby sees our old friend carter bazin and drops by to talk to him uh brendan do you remember carter bazin i do he's ah, uh, good for you yeah he's, he's been in a few this is like his third appearance maybe yes i believe this is the third appearance of yeah. our friend carter bazin and do you have uh, any recollection of our of our good friend carter oh, yeah i mean carter's super hot so i remember oh that. wow by the very hot Sebastian Stan. Um, he doesn't look that hot. Big either. shock. I remember though. him being sh- maybe more attractive in a different episode, but they they look they make him look like he's on something. Yeah. Um, well, what about uh, his role? His role in I Tanya. Did you think he was hot in that movie, Brendan? I don't remember him. Don't. Well, remember he played him. the guy. <laughs> played the main what guy. guy. Mm. If, guy if, that, if you saw yeah. it together, you could point that out. But apparently, I saw guy it that I is. <laughs> All right. Well, wait. He thing. was the he the husband. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Huh. Um, so the, the big shock in this episode is that he is with L of all people, a small small island like Manhattan. Of course, these two are going to run into each other. Uh, I guess we're sticking with this weird Chuck L story, and also L's not dead after all. Apparently, she's she's right here. Um, and did you remember this whole ordeal with L, or did you need the previously on to jog your memory with this? I absolutely need the previous on. I'm a little fuzzy still. It was like a like a sex club, right? Yeah, so were we. We're still a little fuzzy. I yeah. have okay. no idea why this stupid storyline existed to begin with. Uh, Elle tells Chuck that her name is Haley. Actually, he has the wrong person. Uh, I truly can't even remember what Elle looked like. So maybe she should be. She could be telling the truth for all I know. This could actually be a different person named Haley, and I uh-huh. would have no idea. Uh, Chuck, tr- Chuck tries to save her from Carter, but she seems very disinterested. She leaves to use the bathroom, um, and then. Carter tells Chuck the beautiful romantic story of how he and Elle met, and uh, then some guy lets Carter know that his date just exited through the kitchen. Uh, so clearly Chuck must have spooked her here. Um, like that she just walked through the kitchen to get out. Like, pretty badass. You know, I that would have been... I can't believe that that waiter was such a snitch. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I, I'm also confused, like, why is Chuck even at this restaurant? He never actually sits down with anyone. He was just there to, like, walk around and say hello to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like us, like when we used to go to Applebee's after ten o'clock in high school, just to see, just to yeah, see so who was there and like relate. walk around table to table. To shoot. This is just Chuck's hot spot. He just goes to this restaurant. Hey, Mr. Campbell, yeah. how's it going, Carter, my guy? 
I, I miss having that recovering sort of from, life. <laughs> he's recovering from his acute stage fright. Yeah, exactly. He's going to go to this this place and do some stand-up. Oh, wow. Exactly. That, I'd love to see Chuck stand-up. Yeah. What's the deal with, with the hoi polloi? <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, Dan's uh, reading his script. Jenny's trying to get his attention, but Dan's in his own world right now. He's busy being pissed about how other teachers are treating Rachel. Again, Rachel, not Miss Carr. We're still on a first-name basis here. Um, Dan asked Jenny if he writes Rachel a note. Can Jenny deliver it for him? And Jenny's like, um, Quiller told her to stay away from you. So, again, makes no sense why she's even at the rehearsal in the first place if she's specifically supposed to stay away from Dan. But uh, Dan just has to play the hero and ask if she's okay. What, what the fuck is this stupid note going to do? Like, they I, love their why fucking Why did notes they do that? Show. And they also signed their names on it. Yeah. yeah. Like, as if also, Rachel's like, going to have any... Don't any give like, it to Jenny. She can do nothing right. She's obviously going to fuck it up. Wow. Very um, harsh towards Jenny. Very harsh towards our girl, little Jay. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I don't. They're signing their name to it for some reason. Like, Rachel's not gonna have any confusion over who this letter is from, right? Yeah, unless who else she be maybe, you this? Is having, maybe she is having trysts with like multiple high school boys. This, I, I wouldn't put she's, it so. Her. She's above uh, having his cell phone number. Like she'll she'll fuck him raw, but <laughs> <laughs> won't get oh his my number. god! <laughs> yeah, in the in the costume room. <laughs> <laughs> She I also no just carries around extra spare keys of her house key. Yeah, loose that's keys. That's right. You never know when that's going to come in handy. Yeah. I guess notes did play a much bigger role in high school society before uh, the smartphones existed. So I guess it makes sense why the notes are so prevalent here in the show. So Jenny very slyly delivers the note to Miss Carr. And I would argue that she did her job very well in this moment. And it, the, the note reads, Rachel, I need to see you alone. Right back when and where. And... I don't, did Jenny read this note ahead of time? Does she know what's going on between Dan and Rachel? I feel like she's obviously going to know by the end of the episode when Dan and Rufus are arguing about it, but Jenny does not insert herself at all. Like, even dating back to last episode, she seems to not care one way or another if Dan mm. is boning his teacher right now and is just staying out of it, although is down to deliver messages for him. I think she's being a great sister here, and she probably knows something off is happening, and like she doesn't want to be involved in maybe something that she shouldn't be because it's probably wrong. Um, but she's still willing to help him out because that's what a uh, sibling does. And uh, she also probably doesn't care that much because it's not involving Serena, which she really wants Dan to be with. So she's like, <laughs> yeah. well, if this goes wrong, then I don't really care. That's great. I wanted to get back with, with Serena. This was the These were the kind of favors that Tierney were doing for you in high school, Brennan? Yes, always delivering messages from me to Mr. Dutero, my, <laughs> my one true love. <laughs> wow, name dropping on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, Jenny just seems to be... Uh, much like our good friend Serena, she seems to kind of be like above the bullshit ever since she came back to high school. She tried to help Nelly Yuki that That's one true, episode, too, and then yeah. when that didn't work, she's just kind of developing a hands-off approach. I think she's figuring, like, nothing I do can help the school in any way, so I, who right. cares? That's, I mean, I feel like she, at first, was kind of going for what Blair, what she used to get her to the top, and then now she's like, you know what? Serena seems to, like, have it all down. Like, she's having a, a great time just kind of being detached from it all, so let me try what she does, because I yeah. identify with her more anyway. A little bit of cocky Jenny here as she like tells like whoever the production stage manager person is, she says, I'm going to sit in the first row until a costume change. And the girl tries to tell her no. And Jenny's like, thanks. And ignores her. Like, what an icon. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so she grabs the note back from Miss Carr. Her mission's completed for now. Miss Carr is all hot and bothered all of a sudden. So mm. she has to get up and, and leave the auditorium. She she cannot sit there anymore. Yeah. Did you notice like the her chair was like sopping? Yeah, it was sopping wet. Yeah. When yeah. she got up. It's disgusting. <laughs> 
So Queller also coming by to check out the dress rehearsal because that's, of course, what the head of the school should be concerned with. And Blair intercepts her to ask about the mistake of Nellie Yuki getting admitted early into Yale. Blair's acceptance to Yale has been rescinded and given to Nellie Yuki. Apparently, an anonymous caller informed Yale the reason that Blair got detention. Uh, the dean called Queller to confirm the story, and she had no choice but to tell them what happened. So Queller actually tried to go to bat for Blair, but Yale considers hazing a faculty member a very serious offense. So again, because Blair told Rachel the wrong time for the damn opera she's not getting into <laughs> yale uh, you know they would never pull the shit for serena serena could tell the whole world that the, that's true. the wrong time for the opera and serena's still getting a press release right and again i think we talked about this last week too why was miss carr even going to this opera with a student in the first place because she's a, she's deranged that's why yeah no now more than ever how deranged she is yes and she, she play, um, we'll did... get to it later but like just the, her she plays such such a victim and it's like yeah shut, shut up um who did you guys think the anonymous caller was? Did you know? Did you guys assume right away that it was Miss Carr, or were you uh, in the dark? Mm, I didn't really I, know. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Ah, okay. Yeah, I wasn't so really was playing along. Fun. I was just kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll find out later. Right. This was a fun little mystery for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so Queller says pretty definitively that Dale, um, Blair, not Dale, Blair, <laughs> Blair will not be attending Yale, and now Blair has to go on stage and perform. So update, Brendan. You, you thought that everyone would get into Yale eventually. They have pretty officially told Blair that she cannot get into Yale. She'll still get in. She's still going to get She's in. Still okay. Getting in. So Blair now goes on stage. Uh, this is not the actual production, this is just the dress rehearsal. It's weird that we haven't heard of this until now. You figure they'd be rehearsing for this like all semester, but this is the first we're ever seeing of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, dress rehearsal. For well, we can ask our theater major here. That happens like is that the night before? Like how frequently do you dress up and practice before like you actually do the show? Um, <clears throat> well, for such a incredible performance such as this, it sounds like they were just doing one, but it was like a closed dress, so nobody. That's I guess why Jenny couldn't sit in the front row for whatever reason. But Who knows? no, I think yeah, probably day or two before the real performance. Okay. Yeah, I, I will answer for, of course, my one musical that I was in. So I, all of my experience, I believe we had uh, two dress rehearsals that took place uh, two days before and one day before the actual opening night performance. Mm-hmm. I, I guess these, uh, they, they only have one performance, I guess. I don't know. We we had, we had a few that we got to put on, but I guess there's just one and done for them. Two, right? yeah. Well, yeah, one and done dress rehearsal. And no, like they don't even mention in previous episodes, like no one ever says like, oh, we've got play rehearsal after school today. Like this literally just came out of nowhere. So very impressive that they're able to pull all of this together in the one month that we've been off of this show. Yeah, well, I guess I didn't really fully pull it off. As we'll see later. No, I mean, they did. If you ask uh, Charles Interson or whatever <laughs> yeah. his name is, uh, they, they pulled it off very well. So uh, back to Chuck shenanigans. He he gets his own story this week because everyone else is doing play stuff. And Elle is just randomly in his office now, tells him she needs help. And this already seems ridiculous. Already checked it. I, I hate that. I hated this story yeah, last good. week. And it sucks because I feel like we are in a much stronger episode now. And I, I love everything else that is going on. And this, every time we go back to it, it's just like, ah, oh, really? We have yeah. to keep up with whatever the fuck L is doing? Because it's, it's so detached, too. And I think the best episodes of Gossip Girl is when all the separate storylines yeah. kind of intertwine at some point. And exactly. this is so completely separate. And also, we did it all last week. And if the Gossip Girl writers heard us, they would have said, like, oh, you know what? We shouldn't continue with this. But exactly. they, uh, they, and all they felt like that to wrap it up in some way. And all of the other storylines are like 
uh, intertwining, except for this one. And it doesn't even, like, it wraps up. It doesn't even wrap up. It's not even worth it at the end. I mean, yeah. we'll get to it, but I don't know. Unless, were, were you riveted at all, Anna, by what was going on with Chuck and Ellen, the secret society? No, but at the end, when he goes back for Blair, you know. Yeah, yes, that's good stuff. That back in motion, yes. yeah. I think that's ultimately what they were getting at, but we did not need a two-episode arc about a secret sex club and a possible murder slash escape by El. Like they could have done this at numerous yeah. other ways. This was not gotta keep but... his bad boy image up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they, so, they they tried to make it interesting, and it was just so shallow. They just like you know give very surface level plot points for that. It was I don't know. Yeah, we've already wasted too much yeah. time talking about sure, it. Sure. So let's go back on stage. Rufus has come by now, and now I'm even more confused. Because this is not the... I, when he comes and he's like, did I miss anything? I was like, wait, is this the actual play? But I know, it's that's not. what I was confused it's about. It's rehearsal. Yeah. Why the hell is Rufus dropping by to watch rehearsal and asking what he missed? Like, who cares? <laughs> this, is, this is not the actual play. You'll see it tomorrow. Right. Yeah, but exactly. I was like, is this the play? But no, it's the middle of the day. Hardly anyone's in the audience. They said it was the dress rehearsal. Rufus is just casually strolling in late. Either way, it doesn't make sense. He's yeah, just here I, so that I, was, he can I thought find... that too because I was like, oh, I guess it's a tough showing for opening night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just here so that uh, Jenny can drop the note that Dan wrote and Rufus can pick it up. And it reads, Dan, tonight, my place. I can't wait to see you, Rachel. And she includes a key to her place as well. And if Jenny didn't know what was going on before, once she gets a key that she's supposed to deliver, she probably figures it out. And hashtag fire Miss Carr. Let's get it trending. Yes. She's giving people keys to her home. <laughs> Yeah. And she's employed there now. She can't. Mike Bloom, you can't even use the excuse. Oh, well, she got fired. So fuck it anyway. Who right. I, I am sick of the Dom's Harvey and Mike's Blooms. Mike's Bloom of the world defending Miss Carr. Yeah, we had Hashtag two in a row that Carr. defended her. That's crazy. Uh, Anna, are you here to defend Miss Carr as well? I All of our guests come on and fight back against us in the fight against Miss Carr. I don't. Okay, I don't understand. I, I. But I'm not. I'm not a Dan girl. So you know. Yeah, he's not great well, here I'm, either, but... Um... Dan, Dan sucks more and more every time I watch, but I, I'm still a Dan girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just got such good sideburns. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. So, uh, Nellie Yuki is stuck in her fat suit. Blair comes in. She's pissed. Uh, she's pissed that my problem is a two-phase, four-eyed, devious little snipe in a fat suit. And Blair believes Nellie Yuki to be the one that ratted Blair to Yale, which doesn't make sense. There is motive there. And Blair, I love it. Blair lives in her own world where people are always jealous of her because her life is perfect. I would love to have 1% of the confidence that Blair has. Um, what so, are we all? Yeah, absolutely. Nelly but also, Yuki, everybody is jealous and her life is basically perfect. So she's not really wrong. I mean, that's true. She does She does have some some facts to back that up. Yeah. And Nellie Yuki, once again, not afraid to stand up to Blair, tells her that people aren't jealous of her. They hate you. And she says it wasn't her that ratted out Blair, but good luck finding out who it was. She's gone full anti-Blair at this point. Yeah, it really it's grown her self a set, and uh, she doesn't give a shit anymore. She's she's like, I think she could be the queen of these uh, these minions now at this point. If Blair's going to be so detached, she, she really is. Yeah. Does she have Queen B potential though? I don't know if she has Queen B potential, um, but she has head minions. I think she could take down. Uh, is it Penelope the other one? Yes, Penelope. Yes, yeah, she could take her down. <laughs> Just then. Everyone gets a new Gossip Girl blast, and it reads, Want to hear the sickest scandal ever? Remember Bee's Lord? Turns out he was giving the royal treatment to his own queen mother. And the worst part? Bee knew, and ignored it. How desperate can you be, Bee? Why is this coming out now? Like, this is... Yeah. I understand everything else that happens. Like, first of all, Dan told Miss Carr this as well. Like, why is Miss Carr bringing this to Gossip Girl? This has no relevance. This was, like, beginning of the season stuff. I, I guess they just wanted to throw out some 
some dirt just to get it started and get the ball rolling a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I do like the turn of phrase giving the royal treatment to. <laughs> yes, I get now, that I get that every night from the girlfriend of the pod. <laughs> add that to the uh add that to the lexicon we had extending yourself to and now we have giving yes. the royal treatment to. And I'll be honest, it's actually it's it, only once a month or every other month. And actually. then Miss Car yeah, Dan and Miss Carr are gonna be giving the royal treatment to each other in the <laughs> yeah. costume room soon. So yeah. someone is out to get Blair. Blair thinks it's Vanessa now, and I guess because Vanessa also knew about this. And I, it would be deranged for Vanessa to be trying to get Blair kicked out of Yale out of nowhere, especially since uh, I think Blair is still paying her rent. So it'd be very weird. I, I forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> it never gets brought up again, but I will still remind everyone that Blair uh, does pay that. Vanessa's rent as per the agreement <laughs> in season one. And at some point this episode like hates her more than anyone and then still has to pay for yeah. it. Here's your here's your rent money, Vanessa, but I fucking despise you. <laughs> the deal's a deal. Yeah. So... Uh, Serena is trying to talk to Julian about the garden scene. Vanessa, again, just standing there awkwardly filming them. And honestly, this documentary is going to be so bad. Vanessa is terrible at knowing what an interesting film looks like. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was wondering that too all along. Like, what is she getting footage of? And what what is this the, the direction of And this what is it be? for? Right. Yeah, it was, it's just for you to watch when you go home? She's homeschooled. No one's assigning this to her. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see this at a film festival. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> And also, it has nothing to do with the plot of the story. It's not like the the pool party mystery where it ends up happening where she right. needs they, she has important footage that people need. It's literally just pointless. It's just it's just so that she's she needed a there. reason for her to be there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Julian tells Serena, "Good show, Sabrina." Sa sounding like Brendan from the early days of this podcast <laughs> when he used to call her Selena. Yeah, the first I, entire this, this season. Yeah. This must be the first time this has ever happened to Serena. Is is Julian just big timing her? Because I feel like he must know who Serena is. She's a famous socialite who's like in the paper all the time. Right. I, I guess just nagging her. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess this is like, like imagine, the first time that she's ever not gotten like noticed by a guy. So maybe this is like the first clue to the fact that this guy's gay. Because he, he doesn't read the paper. Because gay people can't read. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, like imagine directing like Paris Hilton in a play or something, and just being like, "Okay, thanks, Perry." <laughs> no, I don't know. I, th I think they're just, they're just trying to show that Serena's uh, sexuality can't work on everyone. Serena is nothing to this man. She is she is dirt. Yeah. So Vanessa, uh, I'm I'm getting Vanessa's name wrong now. Calling her Vanessa. We could call her Vanessa. Disease. Van yes, Vanessa starts interviewing Sabrina Vanessa. for her documentary. Um, Serena calls Julian over and tells him it would really help Vanessa out with her documentary if they all got together for a bite to eat and discuss his vision for the show. Not even asking Vanessa if she like already had plans or anything, just kind of signing her up for this. Mm -hmm. And Julian is down and he goes to get his stuff. Enter Blair, who starts yelling at Vanessa now that she's cracked the case and knows that Vanessa's behind it. Uh, Vanessa does not know what Blair is talking about, and Blair just turns to Serena and goes, what are you doing with her? We hate her. As if Serena <laughs> should have already gotten this I memo. That. I loved it so much. I laughed. Yeah. I laughed so much. I laughed a lot at Blair in this episode. Blair yeah, is she was so on funny fire in this episode, this episode to me. Episode, she yeah. Made, yeah, she made me laugh so out loud funny. several times. Yeah, she was <laughs> putting on a clinic. Yeah, so Blair warns Serena that there's going to be a takedown, and she doesn't want Serena to be collateral damage. I love a good Blair takedown. I love when Vanessa is took down, uh, whether she technically deserves it or not. Like, this is already the yeah, formula for a great episode she wasn't bad this me. episode, Vanessa, but I, I do love when she gets taken down by anyone, especially Blair, because she does it the best. Absolutely. Uh, this is all, all the, the, the recipe is intact for a great uh, Gossip Girl episode, but we do have to cut back to Chuck and Elle. Mm. Elle has been on the run. She wanted to call Chuck, but she was too scared. Uh, she's scared that people might be after her because she knows too much. She wants to leave the country. Honestly, Chuck said it last episode. 
other, what were you involved in? I, I still can't get behind the storyline. This is just so out there. And Chuck's already volunteering to give her money. He is like head over heels for her. He, he wants to get her a new identity, a new passport. Uh, Elle thanks him with a passionate kiss. Chuck's got a passport guy. I guess that guy happens to be Carter Bazin because they're going to have to go back to him. And uh, that that's what Chuck and Elle are up to right now. Yeah. I, I don't know. He falls for her so, so fast, too, where he just met her last episode. Literally. He, out he's of so nowhere, heartbroken he falls her by the end of this this uh, episode and I don't know, I don't know what, why it's crazy do I don't know, know about like her? why did he fall for her so quickly we get no reason for it right you barely even know who she is so we get to the double date here with Julian Serena Vanessa and Nate poor Nate getting dragged to this dinner just because Vanessa was dragged to it by Serena and Julian's rambling on about some pretentious stuff. He and Vanessa are really hitting it off. Uh, Vanessa tries to shift his attention towards Serena by telling him, oh, it's actually Serena that made her see this movie. She's a, she's a huge Betty Davis guy. And this is where Nate makes the move of the episode for me. He doesn't even try to come up with an excuse or anything. He just flashes a smile and goes, hey, listen, I'm going to take off. <laughs> I love it. I, I need to start doing this in the middle of dinners whenever like, I don't care about the conversation. You know what? This isn't for me. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just going to leave. Vanessa says she'll come with, but Julian wants to keep talking about his thoughts on the play, and Serena really needs her to stay as well because she apparently doesn't know anything. And not even one second later, Julian says he doesn't, didn't realize how late it was, and actually he's just going to grab the check. So if we run back the order of events, Nate says he's going to leave. Vanessa says she'll come with. Julian pretty much tells her to stay, and then as soon as Vanessa says, okay, I'll stay, he goes, nah, actually, I'll leave. Yeah, I was I was so confused by this, too. It's like, what? how many times did we get up from the table and sit back down <laughs> to then just leave again. Like, <laughs> I thought I thought, I thought Julian was into Nate, but well, no. yeah, I thought uh, I cracked the uh, case here. I was like, oh, maybe he wanted to get with Nate. Now that Nate's gone, he wants to leave as well. But the order of events still doesn't make sense because he tells Vanessa to stay after Nate already says he's leaving, right. and then so it still doesn't make sense. But while it's just the two of them, Vanessa's trying to talk some sense into Serena, telling her that Julian is the most pompous, self-obsessed person she's ever met. She does have some points, although I think Vanessa herself might be one of the most self-obsessed yeah, people. It was funny, because Serena almost calls her out and says, like, but you were talking to him like you guys yeah, are old friends. Yeah. So aren't right. you <laughs> kind of calling her out for being pompous? And to Vanessa's credit, she says, like, she can only keep up with him because she is also totally annoying. Right. So at least she has some self-awareness here. Yeah. Um, Julian pays for dinner, asks... Uh, Serena asks for some extra coaching for the play, and he agrees to it. Um, Julian never takes off his scarf, I noticed. He just okay. wears it. I didn't notice that. I guess it's a big, like, pretentious person thing. Yeah. They're always wearing their scarves. It's like very 2008 <laughs> gay, I guess. It should have been the first clue that he was gay. Yeah. So, <laughs> as the stereotype goes. <laughs> right. So, now, now Serena also lets Vanessa know that she'll be tagging along on their little date as well. She may not be a film buff, but she has read Cyrano. Um, Brendan, are you familiar with the uh, tale of Cyrano? No. Uh, it, it's the famous trope where they do in every show. Actually, you where... know what? No, I have to go. I'm not interested in this conversation <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Stay. We have so much. We have so much stuff to discuss. <laughs> okay. All right. Actually, I'll leave. All right. Yeah. yeah it, it is getting late. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's. It's the classic trope in every show where. Um, someone goes on a date but doesn't know anything and they have an earpiece and people are, you know, sending them I was messages. honestly excited for this a little bit just because it's such a funny thing. Love it. Just, I, I, love, I love this trope. Yeah, ever Unlike, since uh, the SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob passes his driver's test, uh, I've always <laughs> yes. loved it. Unlike the trope where uh, the high schoolers give the royal treatment to their teachers. Yes. That happens that. in every teen drama. I love the Cyrano trope. I love that. Whenever this happens. And I love... Um, one prom, two dates is a good one too. Ah, oh, that's another classic. Yes, yeah. and I, I recently to 
to reference Cyrano. I recently saw Cyrano in theaters, and it was one of my favorite films of 2021. You did not make the trip with me for this oh, wow. Movie Tuesday, Brendan, but I was a huge Cyrano oh, head. Oh, that's his... that one with um, yes, Dinklage. with our old friend Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Very good. Very snubbed Oscar nomination, in my opinion. Okay. Good anyway. And as, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'm just going to excuse myself. <laughs> I don't care about the conversation I'm having. And ask Jenny what happened with Rachel. And Jenny's like, yeah, yeah, she wrote a note. Um, one thing, dad has the note. And so <laughs> we, cut, we cut to Rachel lighting these big ass fucking candles. What the fuck? Uh, Am I crazy or are candles way taller. more prevalent in Josh Schwartz shows than they are in real life? They really are. Also, to Anna's credit, Jenny did kind of fuck this up. Yes. And she buries the lead when she's, like, even telling him about it. Like, she takes too well, long to be like, also, dad has the note. I mean, so. Rufus was already at the apartment at this point. This didn't mean anything. Jenny, I don't think she fucked this up. She dropped the she she dropped the note. Yes, this was an error. But it was not a mental error. It was a physical error. It could happen to anyone. Um, I've watched enough baseball to know that a bad hop can happen to anyone. You know, she fumbled the note. It's fine. I'm sure... Julian Edelman himself has had a few fumbles in his career. Can't can't blame her there. The mental error, though, of signing your name to the note so that Rufus knows exactly what's going on when he picks it up. Right. Like, this is Dan and Rachel's fault. I'm not blaming Jenny on this. I'm sorry. No, so, I will say the true error here is having Rufus show up to your romantic dinner and not having sex with Rufus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wanting to have sex with his son. She should have just given Rufus the eyes and been like, eh? Eh? Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Rachel hears the door open and smiles her pervy little smile, and who walks in but resident Delph, Daddy Hump, and Rachel does see that it is an adult that came instead of the child she was expecting, and her yeah. face immediately drops. Rufus just gives her the key and hits her with a, I believe this belongs to you, and leaves. Were, were you surprised he didn't really, like, let her have it? Not not yeah, in the sexual I, nature, I, but, like, no. just started screaming <laughs> at her. I thought he's going to fucking punch her square in the nose. Oh, my God. We are not advocating for that. I just thought he seemed like he always has such an angry look on that. I'm, I think he's always ready to hit somebody. Or at least like a flick to the nose like they do yeah. in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they do that in Scooby-Doo. He's just always smoldering. You he know? is. Yeah, yeah. He's always has that weird possessed gaze in his eyes. Right. <laughs> uh, so next day in the loft, Dan is being a little bratty baby. And I, I know he, why he can't. Oh, no, I, I don't know. why. I take that back. I. I this is a fucked up situation, and Dan just does not care. He tries to walk out of there without talking to Rufus, but Rufus tells him the thing between him and Miss Carr is over, and Dan, like, Rufus tells Dan that if people find out about this, he'll be expelled, and she'll be fired, and Dan's whole big comeback is, well, she gave me the key, and, like, she presumably understands that, and she's making her own decision. Like, what the fuck? He, he can find plenty of pretty girls his own age. Is this pervy teacher really worth getting expelled over? No, it's not. It's just him being... I guess 18 and a kid and being stubborn, you know? Yeah. And I, I have I, egg on my face again, because I've been calling Dan a child this whole time, but Dan mentions he's 18 in this scene, which is weird because we never saw him celebrate his 18th birthday. I guess it must've happened uh, during this month long hiatus. Yeah. When they were at rehearsal for the play. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so Dan's 18. So he'll, he'll see whoever he wants to see, even if it's a teacher at his school. Uh, this is just so sad. Come on, Dan, do, do something else. And J again, Jenny doesn't say anything. she, I mean, whose side do we think she's on? Do you, do we think she's like, yeah, you tell him, Dan, or is she like, Rufus, Dan's an idiot. I think if she had to pick a side, she would pick Dan just because she's been through so much herself. So she's like, well, I, I kind of like, I've been a mess before, and uh, this is not even as far low as I've been. So I, I will back up sibling if I have to. Yeah, just got to stay anti-Rufus at all points. Yeah, you got to. Even though it's, Rufus is kind of making sense this episode, though. 
Yeah, I mean, but speaking of tropes, it's always the like, I will forbid you from seeing this person mm-hmm. works every time, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Works, yeah. Everyone always responds so like, well to okay. that. Whenever people get forbade to do something, they're just like, oh, man, I'm forbidden. I'd love to see you, Miss Carr, but Rufus forbade me. I'm sorry. This just makes it so much hotter for... Exactly. Yeah. Everyone loves forbidden love, and it was already forbidden to begin with. Yeah. Exactly. Serena's on her acting date with Julian. They're running through their lines. Julian's asking her if she's read other Wharton novels, and Serena's pretending like she has, of course. She has an earpiece in. Vanessa's on the other side telling her what to say. I, people don't know this, but this is actually how Brendan does the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Bebop is in my ear. I'm me all my lines. You everything that you need to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Like we said, every single television show since TV was created has done some version of this. And I don't care at all because I love it for the most part. It's so simple and stupid. And there's always some kind of dumb miscommunication. It's great. 10 out of 10 every time. This is no different. Vanessa's telling her some facts about uh, Jack Clayton and the great Gatsby. And for someone who says she needs to work on her acting, Serena is doing a great job reciting these lines and acting like she's this big pompous film buff. Um, it's kind of crazy that Vanessa just knows all this stuff off the top of her head, and she just starts monologuing about why the Great Gatsby film is yeah, she, bad. She and then like she's reading out of a textbook almost. Yeah, and Serena mutters a little "Whoa, slow down," which is so funny <laughs> because Julian clearly sees and hears her do this and is like, "Excuse me." And if this wasn't a TV show, he would be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. But because this is TV world, he just lets it go. It is so funny. Like Blake Lively was so funny delivering that slow down line. It, it's good to have charming <laughs> Serena back. I must She's say, great. And she recovers really well too by like making up something about how like her thoughts run so fast in her brain. Then that's why she yes, had to tell them so out funny. loud to slow down. <laughs> and even she has like a smile on her face while she's saying it. Like no one should be buying this. Bullshit. Like Serena is having fun in this scene. <laughs> yeah. It just looks like she's having such a fun time with these shenanigans. It's a classic Serena and Vanessa mess around. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind them so much as friends, especially here. Like, they're, neither of them are that annoying like Vanessa is no we hate pro- her I know but she, she's <laughs> thank you she's she's thank a little you, bit Anna. lifted Some, up by Serena finally someone with some sense in the, <laughs> coming on the podcast <laughs> uh, Vanessa's not terrible in this episode but still I, I'm waiting for Vanessa to go back to her annoying self and Serena wasn't annoying it's like Serena's back to her charming self so everyone's at at their best in this even like Dan sucks now but by the end he's gonna be like oh fuck you Rachel and come to his senses like yeah, yeah this is good. such a good this is a good episode for mostly everyone. Um, it's just a shame we have the Shock and L storyline weighing it down. So they mentioned Great Gatsby, and this was before the classic 2013 film. But the, o- the only Great Gatsby film I'm familiar with is the one with Tobey Maguire and Leo DiCaprio. And I'm going to agree. That movie was also pretty bad, in my opinion, which sucks because, uh, Brendan, me and you, we're both big Leo guys. And yeah. I was also a pretty big Gatsby guy as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was fine. Um, I, it didn't, like, scream to me as being, like, this incredible movie or a terrible movie. It was just like, uh, I'll never watch it again, but... It was pretty to look at, from what I remember, though. It was pretty what? Pretty to look at. Leo, Leo Giff. That's true, yes. Yeah, nothing yeah, else. Yeah, that's true. So, like you said, Serena explains this outburst by saying sometimes her thoughts come so fast that she gets confused, smiling while saying it. I really, I really did enjoy the scene. And then, of course, Nate comes in as Vanessa is telling Serena what to say and thinks it's Vanessa who's talking to Julian, a classic miscommunication so in, instead of asking what's going on nate just silently walks away looking yep. sad and then uh julian tells sabrina that he actually underestimated her and that she's actually quite extraordinary and at that He's moment still her sabrina sabrina gets... at this point i don't know <laughs> but uh, i think he should be serena gets this gossip girl blessed that she was accepted to yale but not for her grades or test scores all she had to do was allow them to have a press release and but uh, they don't have time to really harp on that because Julian's lost track of time yet again, and they're late for the theater. This guy's got to be late for Get everywhere he goes. Get a fucking watch, my guy. <laughs> Get a fucking watch. <laughs> so, 
Duck and Al meet up with Carter. Duck, not Carter's biggest fan, but he knows he's an expert at crossing borders. What what an interesting thing to be known for. Like, <laughs> this is this is my friend Carter. He he's he's an expert at crossing borders. He'll not get you good anywhere at much, you need but to if go. anything, yeah. Um, Carter's passport guy. He's a bit of a paranoid freak and won't want an entourage. So Ellis to go with Carter by by herself. And as they're driving away, Carter rolls down the window and says, "Don't worry, Bass. We'll take care of her." And flashes this weird wrist tattoo, revealing that he is also a part of this uh, secret murder club. What what a reveal! I'm sure everyone was, was just like, so, "Whoa!" I laughed out loud. It was like it felt like they. Yeah. I know they didn't do this, but it, it felt like the the camera like did a dramatic zoom right into that symbol on his wrist and like dun yeah. dun dun. Like then so you stupid. mentioned. Yeah, a very stupid. You mentioned uh, getting a Taylor Swift tattoo as your first tattoo. Maybe this should be this our first be, tattoo. Yeah, we should both get these. Three of us should get this wrist tattoo. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. I mean, very let's niche, go. A very niche Gossip Girl reference that yeah. no one will understand. <laughs> so it'll be like, oh, people that do get it will be like, so you are a part of the sex club? The murder sex <laughs> club? The murder sex club? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Like, oh. Ill-defined murder secret sex club <laughs> yeah. that nobody knows what really happened. <laughs> um, so Blair is backstage. Dorota's back again, helping Blair get ready. And uh, Dor- Blair's going to cry about losing everything. This is where Blair's just like, I'm an actress. No, I'm a seagull, which I do not understand. But she says it so seriously, I had to laugh again. Uh, again, really nice to be laughing at a Gossip World episode again. We've had a few episodes that have not that been like LOL worthy. But this one, a lot of laughs, I must I say. Get maybe one of my most genuine and biggest laughs of the series in this episode wow have yeah. we gotten to it yet we have not gotten to it yet oh my god i can't wait and this is what it's i feel like serena was like waiting behind the door for her perfect chance to walk in because this is when serena barges in and goes no you're a shameless bitch and <laughs> she uh puts blair out on blast here about the uh about the Yale press release and Blair claims it wasn't her, but only she and Dan knew about the press release and Dan would never do something about this. So Serena, not even believing Blair when she says she didn't do it, but Dorota does believe her at least. She says, I believe you miss Blair, which is nice. So sweet. Yeah. What, and uh, Blair believes that Dan is behind all of this now, so she's just going from enemy to enemy. <laughs> so funny. Do you know how hard it is to get revenge when your enemy is changing every five minutes? <laughs> I love it. I love her. And she's like choking Dorota while she's saying this. <laughs> What a team. What so a duo. Funny. This is such a good episode for Blair and Dorota, too. She's just Blair's sidekick yet again. Yeah. So Dan finds Miss Carr, just wants to talk. Uh, Miss Carr is finally having some sense and tells Dan they need to stay away from each other. But Dan's like, no, no, no. We need to discuss Dan, uh, my dad showing up at your house. So they hide in the costume closet. And this is when Dan tells her he can't just pretend he's not feeling what he's feeling. And uh, then Dan grabs her hand. He lets him take it. He just starts kissing her hand, he licked, and then I, I think he licked her like her palm. Yeah, something like that. And then they're kissing each other's faces, and before long, they're disrobing. And it, it's so dramatic. They give us three separate shots of like the initial initial kiss, and like it's like in slow mo, yeah. and it's from different angles. And uh, keep in mind, they are in school right now, having sex with each other. Hashtag fire Miss Car. Do Do either of you mm-hmm. like getting your your hands licked? Uh. <laughs> can't say that it does it for me but you know we don't kink shame here that, you do, we're you. not gonna yuck anyone's yum um I unless would, your yum a, happens to be most... having sex with students <laughs> bizarre unless, <laughs> unless your <laughs> yum is having sex with students <laughs> i just didn't i didn't know what he's doing there like did he like did she leave some food from lunch on her hand or like she was still holding like a snack and he was trying to like eat it out of her hand it's i don't know sensual, man I think I think the only thing that's ever licked my hand has been like dogs, and I don't like that at all. I, I think the, that's disgusting. I think I, I understand the. I hate that too. I, I understand the outside of the hand, like the, the you know the back of your hand, but like the the palm, like the 
it was very. Understanding someone licking the back of your hand. Yeah, the back makes sense, but the, the now that the makes that makes all the sense in the world. I completely <laughs> understand the logic behind the, that. Maybe. The mid palm. I got papers on it. Why that makes sense. The mid palm doesn't the, make any sense to me. I've been I'm very. I was very stuck on this since I watched this. Like that's the weirdest place on the entire body. To at the same time, if. Penn Badgley started licking my palm. I don't think I'd be swatting him away. I, like, listen, whatever you need to do, Penn. Yeah, I guess eventually he'll wait his work. He'll work his way over to somewhere better. But it, it seemed like he was taking a lot of time, like, specifically on that area. And well, you did he eighteen. This. He doesn't really know how it works. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Just trying to get moisture. That's kind of what I'm getting yeah. at. Moisture I anywhere. I, I think he's taking this move from his character in the Age of Innocence because I think he has to do something similar right. to yeah. Blair when mm-hmm. in in their scene coming up. Uh, which, speaking of which, it is finally showtime, and now we have a full house. And this is exactly what it was like when I performed in the Drowsy Chaperone back in Albany. Full house, everyone giving me a standing ovation. I and, actually heard uh, all Vanette- the uh, audience that day was also drowsy from your performance. How dare you? <laughs> everyone was giving me a standing ovation. <laughs> Vanessa was also there, awkwardly filming from backstage <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> for her most, this this has to be her most boring documentary of all time. And Serena comes backstage. Vanessa just kind of asks what happens. Um, we don't get any resolution there, but Dan is acting the hell out of his scene. I must say, like Dan gives it his all in this yeah, the character in this performance. Actor. I think if anyone's getting into Juilliard at the end of this, uh, I think it's going to be Dan. He's the only one that stays in character the entire <laughs> yes. play. Even when it falls apart. Right. I love that he's going all out for this mandatory school play. <laughs> probably just trying to impress Miss Carr here, who's just watching lovingly from the audience. Yeah, probably. And um, so we have Nelly Yuki, Penelope, Dan, Serena all on stage. Naturally, the people we know at the school all get the main roles. Don't know how Nelly Yuki got such a big role, because uh, she may be going to Yale, but she sucks at this. Yeah, she's very bad. Like you said, did not cut out for it. <laughs> oh, uh Chuck meets with Bart's BFF, Mr. Campbell. Still don't know where this is going exactly, but Chuck mentions the club his father was part at, but uh, he clarifies he's not here to talk racket sports, which is unfortunate because, as we know, I always love talking racket sports. But yes. I, I, speaking of, I wonder who Chuck's uh, favorite tennis player is. Good question. Maybe think we'll he's find a, out. You think he's an Nadal guy? He might be an Nadal guy. I could see it, but... He's like not him. talking about racket sports. He's talking about the Gentleman's Club and that Carter Bazin, he's also a member. Uh, Mr. Campbell says he's not familiar with Mr. Bazin, but Chuck's got the receipts. He, he's not afraid to lawyer his ass here. He's like, listen, we left dinner yesterday at the exact same time as Carter, so don't bullshit me. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. Obviously and, know each other if you're both at a restaurant at the same time. If you're both at a restaurant <laughs> leaving at the same time, mm-hmm. you have to. And I was wondering why the camera was lingering on Mr. Campbell leaving the restaurant at that moment, but yeah. I guess it was for this. You know, I thought gotcha Chuck moment. was going to take money off of the table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, times are tough. Down on his luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Chuck tells Mr. Campbell that someone he cares about is in any cannot over uh emphasize this enough that he cares so much about l uh, she's in trouble it has something to do with the club he threatens to go to the police where they'll end up investigating everyone again we have no idea why chuck has gotten so attached to l like I don't know. how amazing was this night that he doesn't even fully remember i'm glad he's looking out for her but i guess i just don't fully understand I the motivation it's here. incredible how in, how fixated he is on this it's just it seems like this has been going on for episodes and it was just like the tail end of one last time because he didn't know who exactly, she was until yeah. the very end last week Right. And so Mr. Campbell still refuses. He says, I can't say anything. Keyword being say, because Chuck gets a test that says Eastview Hotel. I can say anything. 10.30 p.m. Yeah. Um, I should probably ask, have either of you ever been a part of a mysterious club that sometimes kills its members? Mm, good I was question. in a sorority in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I just I, wanted yeah. to see if I, I would tell you, but I can't say anything. 
Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I just want to see if anyone had firsthand knowledge of this. So Julian's giving his halftime speech here in between acts, and I can't tell if the actors are responding to his speech or just like rolling their eyes at him. Julian, also not afraid to name drop in his speech, tells him his good friend Charles Isherwood from the New York Times is in the audience. And if you embarrass me, I will kill you. <laughs> Yeah, great, great way to like <laughs> instill fear into people and uh, get a performance out of them. I, I mean, that wouldn't make me nervous at all. Julian is actually kind of a funny character. I, <laughs> I wish he was a permanent addition to the show. Julian made me also also made me laugh on several occasions in this episode. Yeah, there's some good some good moments for him. He's uh, pompous and pretentious, but the character is very funny. He's funny. I I don't know what about it. Like I'm, I'm no expert, as we have an acting expert here, obviously. But he, I feel like he was a very bad actor, even though he was funny sometimes. Julie, the guy yeah, that played Julian. line readings were for a director. Maybe that's why he's just a director. He's not a. No, <laughs> no, no. I think he was giving those readings exactly how he was supposed to. I, I think know. they were weirdly delivered to the perfect extent. All right. Sure. Uh, cut to Charles Isherwood in the audience. Apparently, this is some actual big shot critic here. So I don't. What on earth is this man doing having a cameo in Gossip Girl? That's a great question. He has two lines in this scene. He says, thank you. And then he says, yes, yes. Don't think he'll be getting an MVP for me based on that performance. <laughs> but, but those lines were perfectly delivered, in my opinion. Oh, so Isherwood's the guy that you think is doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, I think he's doing great. Okay. So Vanessa asks Nate what happened to him yesterday. Uh, Nate stood Vanessa up. His only excuse is sorry. Again, this is the type of thing that could be very easily cleared up if Nate would just talk to Vanessa instead of giving her the silent treatment. Like yeah. the easiest thing in the world to clear up. And it will be cleared up in two seconds later. But since this is a teen drama, of course yeah, this they is what we do with Gossip other. Girl. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Gotta wait until the final beat to figure it out. Right. So... Julian stops by to give Nate a little pep talk. Nate, I told you, your character went bankrupt, suffered total public humiliation. Not that you would understand. I love that he just assumes that Nate wouldn't understand. Is I mean, is this guy just trolling Nate, or does he really not ever seen the news or heard of the whole Archibald situation? Like, this guy is so far removed he from really anything is. that is happening in New York City. I, I guess he just doesn't read the papers. Julian's actors need to be smoldering tempests of emotion, but Nate is as empty as uh, the Federal Reserve. And then Julian so just chuckles at his, <laughs> yeah, his own joke. It was so, so good. good. It made me laugh so much. Like, Julian, oh, man. Every scene, he wins me over more and more. So, <laughs> it's so, you're as empty as, uh, God, the Federal Reserve. <laughs> Did I think of that just now? Oh, my God. Incredible. That's really good. That's really funny. <laughs> I think everyone agrees that that was a very funny joke. <laughs> Nate storms off and Vanessa asks Julian if he was being a little harsh, but uh, directors need to push buttons. This guy seems like a fucking nightmare to work with. I bet he went on to have a fantastic career. I think so. He knows how to capitalize on situations, too. Yeah. So Act two has begun, and now the fun is really going to begin. Blair and Dan are in a carriage playing lovers. It's great because they're going to whisper and argue to each other <laughs> yes. in between lines as if the audience can't see what they're doing. This is the best also, scene. This is my favorite scene uh, so of anything. The funniest scene I've seen in this series. <laughs> also, you think that they'd be mic'd up so the audience would hear them <laughs> if they're whispering? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, have you ever had a real-life argument with one of your castmates in the middle of one of your school plays? can't say i have but if i had it would be just like this <laughs> <laughs> have you i mean you've been in i'm sure since you were a star you were in a lot of plays um back in high school maybe even college as a theater major and did anything nearly as memorable as what will happen in this play happen in any of your productions i can't say that that, that it did but we didn't have a blair so it's true oh you guys were just professional yeah professional as always yeah, i was, I was just even like wonder though like how i guess this didn't quite happen yet in this episode but i was wondering 
how often plays kind of just completely derail and just like they fuck up and just stop and like yeah. does that happen? Have you ever seen? I would that, imagine that it's happen? pretty rare. Yeah, like I mean, it's almost impressive how little that happens. Like people just like actually do well <laughs> when, I mean, from practicing all even, the time. I guess. Oh, yeah. Even I don't in know. My, you, yeah, if you take out a cell phone on Broadway and Patty LaPone's on stage, it'll stop. That's <laughs> true. Um, in my limited experience, even I feel like the University at Albany Musical Theater Association was the most unprofessional group of people I've not, not to uh, completely black, wow. put them on black. <laughs> oh I mean, up until like the week before we were supposed to go on, I was very skeptical that anything would happen. And even we were able to get our shit together in the last few days and uh, put something on that resembled a good performance that got uh, a good amount of applause. Not to not to brag, I feel like it was mostly me, but so okay. Um, yeah. So Dan goes to do that hand kissing move that he's a pro at now, but instead he's literally just like arguing into Blair's hand like a crazy person. <laughs> and actually, Blair and Dan are amazing actors because they're able to sell to the audience that they're making out passionately while That's they're actually so in a funny. heated argument. <laughs> That's the part specifically that had me dying. Like the way her head was wagging back and forth <laughs> to make it look like she was on top of him, just like really sucking his face. And everyone was like, oh, wow, this is getting like quite sexual. <laughs> and they were just arguing like crazy. It was, it was so funny. So it's, cartoonish. It's actually so incredible. Good. It actually really is incredible. <laughs> and not to mention, Miss Carr is watching from the audience and like getting jealous, I guess. It's like, oh, oh what's going on with, high, with them? Of, of high schoolers in a play because, again, she is a deranged human being. Yeah. But I guess that just, just shows how passionate the makeup session looked to, to the audience, which is so, so funny. Because they did not even kiss. <laughs> it is so funny. We're lucky my abdomens are feeling better because I am hooting and hollering right now. <laughs> Imagine just like the way her head wagged back and forth. is such like com- comedic genius. It's so funny. It really is. I'm picturing that head wag. It, if you have not it's seen so the funny. episode recently, we are not doing it justice. You have to see how Leighton Meester as Blair Waldorf sells this argument as oh, making out. It is Honestly, Leighton Meester should have gotten an Emmy for this scene. Yeah. It's very good. <laughs> so they continue their bickering backstage. Blair is confident that it's Dan because he was the only one who knew everything. And Dan looks like he's starting to put the pieces together as he now stares at Miss Carr in the crowd. And as this fool, Miss Carr, really stooped so low as to play the Gossip Girl game with a bunch of high schoolers. And yes, of course she did. So that's why the minions I didn't are think still... it was her because it's like, it can't be. She couldn't possibly. Oh, but she can. Oh, yeah. This is her worst episode yet. Uh, the minions, they're still going strong on stage. I guess not not all of them are going strong because Neliyuki, again, she's not going to end up getting a Juilliard scholarship after all of this. Uh, she's messing up everything. Nate and Jenny also backstage. And as Nelly is messing up a line, Dan corrects her. Of course he does. Uh, Beaufort, I believe, is the name you're discussing, you're, uh, you're, you're thinking of. <laughs> and the audience laughs at that. But her old friend, the uh, the critic Charles Dickerson, or whatever his name is, he's just stone-faced. They, they always cut to him, like, ever, everything happens to make us think, oh, he hates what's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like what's going on. He's stone-faced. He literally looks like he's hating life during this. And... So Blair comes on stage. Serena's character greets her with a kiss on the cheek. I don't think that that, that kiss was in the script. I think Serena was improvising. Here. I think so, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I my, one of my famous theories, Anna, is that Serena and Blair are in love. Much more that Blair is in love with Serena and um, isn't willing to admit it. But I, I do think that there no, is no Blair uh, is a woman of taste. It would definitely be the other way around. Well, yeah, wow. but I think Serena tends to uh freak out more whenever serena like whenever she gets jealous of serena but yeah i mean there is definitely some feelings both ways there i believe and th- that must be why serena gave her a little kiss on the cheek i mean there, there's there's not yeah, many serena. opportunities that serena can just sell this as oh, oh it was just part of the play yeah so 
And Jenny says the worst thing she can possibly say to Nate, which is that Julian is an amazing director, just as Nate is whisked on stage. So that that will set all of this in motion. Keep in mind, these people have had like one total week of rehearsal. So the fact that they're able to even do this is pretty amazing. So uh, Nate comes out with his scarf and top hat. Love this look for, for Nate Archibald. Yeah, and yeah, he looks great. He, lo he does look great. I'm glad we can all agree on that. And he seems to be forgetting his lines. Dan's trying to help. But like Dan, the professional, he knows Nate's lines in addition to his. Like he's trying to help him out here. We cut to the audience where Julian is whispering in Vanessa's ear. He's always had trouble with this part. <laughs> These two really became fast friends just like talking shit about the performers yeah. while they're on stage. This is so um, funny too. Like I, I like how Dan's really trying to keep the wheels from falling off. And yeah. he just, he can't <laughs> control it. And at some point he just goes, all right. <laughs> So Nate decides to say, fuck it. He shatters the fourth wall. Always a fan of this move. And he goes, all right, whatever. You want feelings? Well, I hate these clothes. I hate this play. I hate pretentious asshats who try and steal other people's girlfriends. In fact, I might just spontaneously punch one next time you get in my face. And he storms <laughs> off. And now we're off. Now, now that Nate has broken the, the seal and broken the fourth wall, it gives everyone freedom to do whatever the fuck they want. Blair is going to change her line, start complaining about, hey, she didn't get into Yale. Serena picks right up and complains about how she has to go through her whole life worried that her best friend might humiliate and betray you and i must say improv queens all of them they are able to effortlessly relate this play to their real lives and just monologue it about it on stage unprompted it's amazing and the scene is so perfectly set up everyone has been simmering all episode and now they all just burst at the same time yeah it's, it's all it's all very good i was thinking the same thing it's like amazing that these people these high schoolers are able to just like still sort of stay in character while like expressing how they feel internally very good it's perfect Nelly hates the fat suit, and oh my god, Nate Archibald is coming back for more. And another thing, <laughs> my family lost all our money before my father went to jail for embezzlement, so I think I know more about humiliation and bankruptcy than some lame, dilettante director. What? First of all, what a flex. <laughs> and also, I can't believe that Nate knows what dilettante means, because yeah. I do not. So the fact He's going that Nate to Yale, knows a word that, does. I don't, yeah, that I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, really, it really humbled me. Yeah, I, um, Nate made me feel you know i'm glad that i'm the resident native of the podcast now being like the the stupid one here i i think he kind of lifts me up a little bit with that monologue yeah exactly so I, this is the most amazing theater experience of all time this obviously makes no sense in the context of the play so everyone should be super confused but they are eating it the fuck up Dan is trying and struggling to keep everyone on book but to no avail and it, like you were saying at one point nate is like who gives a damn humphrey and dan just throws his hands up like all right fuck it i, I tried i, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, jenny finally pulls the curtain but what a scene that is so I, and funny. i don't know if you i don't know if you caught it but blair smiles and waves to the audience just before the <laughs> curtains go down and yeah. she has made me laugh yet again in this episode <laughs> i do like that nate goes to dan and says that he's like don't you see what the fuck's going on like i ruined the whole thing just stop trying to hold it together <laughs> <laughs> Love a Christ and that's our show the audience is applauding i mean this may be one of the best scenes in the history of gossip girl yeah this this the whole lead up from the arguing makeout session all the way to this is just a, a, a 10 minutes of pure joy but uh one person does not agree with us and that is that is julian he opens with high school idiots i think i think i'm gonna start using that as now using that as, as a high school yeah. teacher i'm just gonna open class like that you high school idiots I think so. That's good. And so v Vanessa is still filming, and yet again, she's completely lucked out that the most absurd thing in the world happened. And now her documentary, her not do her documentary might actually be interesting, but still probably like still don't know what the point of the documentary is. It's yeah. so stupid how I Vanessa always gets lucky with us. This works out better as like a viral video. I feel like if anything. Yeah, exactly. More so than a documentary. Like yeah. 
You're absolutely right for once. Charles Charles Isherwood drops by and Julian starts to apologize, but Isherwood also fucking loved it for some reason. He's like, explain what? I loved it. The classic interpretation of the first act juxtaposed with the radical deconstruction of the second act. Genius. Literally just what Julian was going for. Um, he Isherwood doesn't pick up on know- this, but like once Julian is tr- trying to apologize for it, like he doesn't pick up that's not what he's trying to do. No. Oh, he must have thought he was going to say, oh, I'm sorry, this is such like an abstract yeah, take on yeah, it. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Isherwood wants to know how Julian came up with it, and he knew as soon as he saw the student's raw emotion that he just had to harness it. And then Julian turns to celebrate with the cats, but they all <laughs> yeah. look disgusted for some reason. Vanessa tells Julian that this was a whole new level of fake and that she's just going to go look for her boyfriend. Of course, everything ended up working out and everyone loved the play because why not? Like, I loved it, so everyone else should have as well. But for some reason, Julian lying to Isherwood has tanked his reputation with all these high schoolers because Serena tells him that she can't believe she ever had a crush on him. And I don't understand why him being a pompous asshole wasn't enough to hurt her, like, wasn't mm-hmm. enough to turn her off, but this little lie was. Like, what was he supposed to say? Like, I guess uh, he's, actually, he's, he's, I he's, just, he's about to tear him a new asshole <laughs> until he got credit right, for like, it. That's is why. Julian supposed to be like... Oh, that's that's true. But was Julian supposed to say like, uh, I, I actually I had nothing to do with this. The kids all just fucked up. Sorry. Like, of course he's gonna say, oh yeah, this was all part of the plan. I don't blame him for taking credit. Yeah, for it. I guess that's what you have to do. But I think him turning to the kids and be like, we did it. It's like that's not what you were about to say. That's true. But so l- luckily. Serena doesn't have a crush on him anymore, but for Julian, this is no loss because uh, he has the best coming out moment of the series so far. He just goes, <laughs> <laughs> Serena. I'm gay. <laughs> As he throws his hands up and gives her like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Look, I, I think like, this is the first and, person he came out to also, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Great coming out. <laughs> and honestly, that's how everyone should come out to everyone. It's so simple, so confident, so insulting <laughs> to the other person for somehow not already knowing. I, I love it. I'm really coming around on this Julian character. <laughs> that was a very funny moment, too. Just lots of good, joyous comedy through this, this whole back end of the episode. I don't know how we're we're supposed to continue with this episode because that was it. That was the climax, and there's no going up. I know. Serena, we have I'm more. gay. What the fuck is wrong and with she, you? She goes and she texts. Did you Vanessa see my scarf? Yeah, did you see my <laughs> scarf? I don't think you high school idiot. I'm, I'm wearing gay. a fucking scarf. <laughs> I'm wearing a scarf, and I love theater. What don't you understand about this? <laughs> so. Vanessa comes in to Nate's dressing room, I guess. I don't know. Do all of these actors each get a dressing room? And she, she's laughing and asking Nate what happened. Uh, Nate knows she's into Julian, and he knows he can't compete. And he finally tells Vanessa that she heard Vanessa on the phone. And Vanessa just simply says that Serena likes Julian and that it was just a misunderstanding. So instead of being like, oh, wow, I'm an idiot, Nate tries to like save face by being like, okay, well, maybe we should still break up anyway because like we still have nothing in common. I like ESPN, and you like books and movies. I, I don't know. Who, who cares? They both still like each other, and they're going to realize that right. by the end of the episode. But why would this be a deal breaker that one person likes ESPN and the other person likes books and movies? And it's, it's it's silly because the past like three episodes, it feels like they're, they've are they been so head over heels for each other. And all of a sudden, exactly. this is now a problem. Like you've, you've regular, this. regular Chucks and L's. Yeah, you've dated twice now. So it's like maybe you should be with someone who already likes tomatoes. And Vanessa thinks maybe if he just tried, he wouldn't be so insecure. So I, who, are we on anyone's team for this random fight? No, but I, I do think that Nate thinks that they're actually talking about tomatoes. Yeah, probably. Vanessa, are you, I mean, <laughs> I was about to call Anna Vanessa here. What an insult to Anna. Wow, don't you dare. <laughs> no, I caught myself. Yeah. I, I was going to say, Anna, are you on Vanessa's side? Or are you on Nate's side? Or, or truly just who cares? Could not care less. Don't they know that Julian's gay? It doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm just glad that these two finally have something to do. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. I think just 
put Nate back in his top hat and let him just stand there. <laughs> yeah, I think the rest <laughs> yeah, of the that, series he should wear that top hat. It should be his look for the rest of the series. So Chuck finds L, and after I was riding so high with the play storyline, we have to crash back to this dumb story. This is like uh, back in the old days of season one when we'd be getting some crazy plot twist, and then they would completely ruin the momentum by cutting to a Rufus storyline where he's like trying to write a song or ask a girl out on a <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that somehow Chuck is our momentum killer these days. It's weird, yeah. Even like when, later on when we cut to Rufus and he was just eating ice cream by himself, I was like, that's, that's much less annoying than playing your stupid guitar. Absolutely. But it, it turns out they didn't want to hurt Elle. They just wanted her to sign some agreement. And Chuck is willing to throw his life away and start a life with Elle and move to another country, which is absurd. But she's already made a plan by herself. All she wanted was money. Uh, she was just using Chuck the whole time. I, again, we'll never understand why Chuck fell so hard for this girl or why this plot existed in the first place. But we do get a great parting line from Elle. You've got a great heart. You should give it to someone who cares. Which sounds like such a burn. And it did feel like a burn. I'm surprised she, I'm surprised she didn't just outright say, like Blair Waldorf. Because that's obviously right. what this storyline is. That's the whole point of this two-episode arc. So that uh, Chuck can realize that uh, he should be giving Blair his heart and not Elle. Yeah, I, I guess the whole thing maybe is just like to, to show how emotionally disturbed and like broken he is right now. He's like anyone that's giving him attention is just uh, is just what he needs at the moment. Um, so maybe maybe that's what they're kind of going for guess so I, i'm not interested yeah I'm, it's, I'm okay with it so oh wow okay so and finds miss Carr. he is not happy and before we get to this conversation did you notice the table they walked past with all the vitamin water on it of course how could, how could you not amazing <laughs> and I, I know it's been a while since you've seen but all season two long they are clearly like obviously sponsored by vitamin water any chance they get there will just be vitamin waters everywhere in this show it's amazing to to spot they make uh, you want vitamin water at all. I, I was going to say, honestly, Wait. since season two started, I've been drinking a lot more vitamin water, honestly. Wow, so it's working. <laughs> it's working. They still make vitamin water? They do. It's, it's Every 7-Eleven, uh, it, it's, it's fulfilled in any deli. It's, it's everywhere still. Like it, yeah, it's, not one thing is just you take it for granted, but it's, it's always going to be there if you need it. Right. Triple and, X flavor was always my go-to. Mm. Well, not to, um, I guess, counter... The, all the hard work that 2009 Gossip Girl is doing, but vitamin water is disgusting. Like I would, you you could show me 20 tables full of vitamin water in Gossip Girl, and I would not touch the stuff. It <laughs> is so gross. It's just watered down juice, which is it. Oh my god, I would. You couldn't pay me enough money to drink vitamin water. Wow. It's got a it's weird full taste. Full of vitamins, I, I like it, and it's water. I like it. Yeah, yeah I like it. Ugh. It's so, a good. It's a good Dan's like gonna... on the road, like road trip drink. That's what I've been doing it for. If I'm on the road, it's a good like little sugary. Tree, but it's not I'm on the road. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, podcasting tour. Yeah, yeah, we're, oh, right, we're right, touring. Right, right. Yeah, only boys live coming soon to a city <laughs> near you. I like you, you. Can at least put a uh, vitamin water in your riders. In my what? Riders, you know, like uh, like what you ask for at the venue. Oh, is that that? I didn't know the the, the term for that. Really? Whoa. Come on! Like no, it's so know. fun to like look at um, like rock stars, riders, and like what like they, they ask for oh, in the wow. green rooms. Like some people only want like brown M and M's or like super obscure stuff like that. And usually it's just like a. It's honestly a lot of people use it as like a placeholder to make sure like people are reading the contracts like well okay. enough. So like if you show up and that stuff's not there, then you know like they probably weren't paying attention. Wow! But... What a fun little well, insight. I, like... I had no idea. Right. 
I feel like you know about this because of your experience as a star actor on the stage. So you probably <laughs> right. had a lot of experience with stuff like this, whereas me and Brendan, no, no one is giving us the time of day, giving us vitamin oh. waters in our riders. Yeah. So, so what, what would be your The next live rider? podcast. Right. Until we start the tour. Like, but so. Yeah, what would be in your rider? I, that's a good question. I don't know. Besides depends, vitamin water. It depends on if I'm drinking soda or not. If I, if I was drinking soda, then a lot of just Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew would be in there. Yeah. And, uh, Maybe some Diet Coke as well. Just various flavors of soda. Um, you go through times of drinking soda and not drinking soda? Yeah, like right now, beach season's right around the corner, so I'm, I'm not drinking soda right now. But then once summer hits... It's June. Summer's here, baby. Right, right. Beach it is right beach season. <laughs> right. It's That's how around the corner it is. It's basically here. So I, I, uh, I, I'm on a strict no-soda diet until 4th of July happens, and then... In the summer, I uh, tend to just eat and drink whatever I want and then just gain all the Wait, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. <laughs> it makes plenty of sense. I want to get skinny and looking good for the summer. And then once the summer comes, I look great. Everyone's like, oh, my God, you look amazing. And then I just do and do whatever I want because it's summer. We're just having a good time. And then the fall comes and I start I start over. I start fresh again. So like, but, so you, you start – I think you start the, the- – the backwards binge a little too early. I think you should let yourself yeah, look, like July look good 4th a longer. Is the beginning of summer, yeah. Yeah. Right. You still have a lot more summer left before you start binge eating and drinking soda. Right. I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I'm not. You're just letting loose a little bit like, more. It's not like July 4th comes up and I and I wake up and I say, all right, I got to get my eight <laughs> bottles of soda in. I got to get my, my seven takeout meals. It's just, I just lift the strict regulations that I have on myself and say, it's good time summer. Now I can just relax. And I already look great. Okay. I can just relax and have a good time now. Sure, sure, sure. I understand. Of course. Of course. Like, this isn't as crazy as you're making it out to me. I'm not saying it's crazy. Uh, I just, I was just, I, I, I enjoy getting into the deep details of, of the inner workings uh, of your mind. Well, now well, I, I know that that must be my problem. I'm just, well, I know, I know I some people know. who are, Seriously, skipping ahead thirty seconds. I think people like, like to hear when this it... kind of stuff. Honestly, I always like to. Well, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, health and wellness, man. You can go under a new section on the. <laughs> I, would, I would not rec- recommend my diet to to anyone. <laughs> yeah, it works for Basically, you. Basically, you do yeah. look, you do look great. I know I, I know I look great. That's why that's why I'm not eating anything. I just wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. It's basically three months of not eating and then also running like a half marathon a day. But enough about me. Bottom line, vitamin water sucks. And so oh and so Dan confronts Miss um, Carr for calling Yale and submitting the Gossip Girl blast to get back at Blair. And it, it seems like the spell she has on Dale. Dale, why do I keep calling people Dale? Dale? <laughs> you miss Adventureland? Because Yale, Yale is so pre- prevalent here. Um, the, the spell she has on Dan, it's finally breaking because this is a bridge too far even for Dan. That she would actually stoop so low and use Gossip Girl. And Dan tells her you're just as bl- bad as she is. And Oof. although I would argue she's worse because she's a full grown adult acting like a child. And actually, as I was typing that, yes. Dan said, actually, no, you're worse. Blair is a high schooler. You're an adult. Thank I, you. I, knew I you mean, love about this. T- yeah, I, I heard yeah, you. It's cheering. about time. Yeah, it's about time. But you fucking tell her, Dan. I gave I gave Dan a standing ovation here. Yeah, this is very good. This was, I feel like finally the characters are saying exactly what the audience is thinking. Like it as as little time as it took Chuck to fall head over here's heels with L. It took Dan like no time at all to just completely it's hate just, like, Miss Carnac. Going... He's like, holy shit, you suck. <laughs> yeah, he saw everything so clearly. Um, he. 
finds Blair and he self-sabotages so iconically when he says, hey, Blair, it's Rachel who's been messing with you and we had sex in the costume closet, so you can do whatever you want with that. Yeah. The way I, was like, the, oh, way I, the way I screamed <laughs> as Blair's eyes light up when she hears this, another extreme ways moment drops just as she hears this. <laughs> and this episode has so many good lines, including this one. And like I said, Dan went from being head over heels in love with Miss Carr to not giving any shits at all in no time flat. Once again, amazing. So Blair just marches over to Rachel and is like, yeah, bitch, I know. And we see the vitamin water table again. And literally every square inch of that table is covered, covered. with vitamin water. It yeah. is a very impressive. I guess no one took the vitamin water, though, which goes to my point. That does go to say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Blair tells Miss Carr that her fate at Yale is already sealed. So now it's just about making Miss Carr's fate as bleak as hers. And I am hooting and hollering because Rachel deserves all of this for fucking her student. And just the fact that it's Blair who gets to serve it to her. It's beautiful. A tear is coming to my eyes. But then... Rachel is melting down because she doesn't know what she's become, and she actually does apologize to Blair, which really just bla breaks Blair for some reason. Blair tells her that her punishment is just to live with it, and I wanted Blair to really let her have it. Again, not sexually, just um, just <laughs> no like, one yell at her. That. But <laughs> Brendan, I know that your mind immediately goes right, to the gutter, so I have to. Clarify. It's really just about me. You're saying that, yeah. yeah. Whatever, it's fine. We still got some great moments here. I, I guess Blair can yeah, take pity it's, on it's her. Like, I think they've end. been slowly trying to give you these character growth moments like very, very at, the, at the end of every episode for the past few weeks it seems like hey blair's a maniac like but she's trying to work on it a little bit right and so vanessa well serena's texting vanessa he's gay explanation point and <laughs> dan now finds serena He's a man on a mission to right all of Rachel's wrongs. He comes clean about telling Rachel about the press release and that Rachel sent it into Gossip Girl. And Serena gets over this very quickly. She thanks him for telling her and has to find Blair. I'm really loving Serena again these days. She's just, you know, she just wants to make things right as well. Um, but before she does that, Vanessa comes to Nate's house. She apologizes to Nate. And I, I'm not even sure for what, but good for her. She just wants to eat snacks, cuddle on the couch, and watch ESPN. Nate, also pretty quick to forgive her. So I guess these uh, two lovebirds aren't done after all. And yeah. Nate is watching The Age of Innocence. He enjoys it. He says it's heartbreaking. Yeah, good for him. I, I think the two of them just realized, like, you know, that was a stupid argument. We haven't argued yet since we've gotten back together. Uh, we're due for one. Let's just get over it and uh, be in love again. Somehow the healthiest relationship on the show these days. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Am I rooting for these crazy kids? I guess. I don't know. I do like, I I do like Nate season two. Uh, yeah, Nate's been fun. yeah. I'm still waiting for Vanessa to be her annoying self again. I know the other shoe is going to drop oh, yeah. eventually. Yeah, she'll disappoint us soon. If and when they do break up, it will be Vanessa's fault, I'm oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. So Dan comes home. Uh, one of Brendan's favorite parts is Rufus just eating ice cream and giving Dan his, <laughs> his patented possessed weird gaze. As like, think about like this, this just... scene before Dan walks in, what this looks like. He's just standing at the bar, <laughs> like the island, and just <laughs> staring eating. at the door eating ice Sil cream. Complete silence. It is true. Rufus is, are we going to get into like, it's been, like Rufus has actually been possessed all season and we just haven't realized, <laughs> is this going to be a storyline going forward? I don't know. I, there is no logical explanation for what Rufus does in his free time. <laughs> Every he time just Dan got, walks he got in, the most beautiful woman in all of New York City to start dating him and where is she? He's eating Where is she in this episode? For real. Why wasn't Lily at the play? <laughs> she didn't give a shit. No, Lily's busy. <laughs> Lily had restaurant reservations. She does not give a shit about this <laughs> stupid play. I mean, at least Rufus wasn't standing, like just sitting in the dark this time. At least the lights were on. I guess we're making progress. Man, that's good. So Dan apologizes, basically tells Rufus he was right about everything, but that he needs to give Dan to make his own mistakes. 
I feel like Rufus usually does do that with Dan. With Jenny, it's a different story. But fucking your teacher is just a step too far for <laughs> both Rufus and me. You can't just sit back and watch that one happen. Yeah, he's, he's, he was trying to be a dad this time, and it, it made sense. Like, it was warranted for sure. Right. Uh, other times, it's annoying. L. L. God damn it. I can't do this. <laughs> I, I can't say. I can't say Dan goes to Yale. I just can't do it. It always comes out Dale. Yan goes to Dale. <laughs> So basically, Dale, Dale is going to Yale, and he can make all the mistakes he wants. Oh man! So, yeah, it's so like the it school of this time period, because uh, yeah, Marie we had a, was there at the same time. Yes. exactly. Blair mentioned her a couple of weeks ago, and also Mike Bloom we had on last week, and he mentioned that Yale just seems to be the safety school that everyone just kind of applies to here. To, right. Like, everyone just ends up going to Yale, much like UConn was for Connecticut, and Albany was for the people in our neck of the woods, apparently. So, Serena finally finds Blair. Blair seems to be giving her the silent treatment, but Serena apologizes for not believing her, and I, and I was getting ready. Because ever since season two has started, we've been getting nothing but Blair and Chuck scenes to end the episodes, but it seemed like here Gossip Girl was finally returning to its roots and giving the people, namely me, what they want, an emotional Blair and Serena scene, because, God, I've missed these two lovebirds, and Blair is really feeling down about herself right now, asks Serena why would she believe her, nine times out of ten she would have sent the blast, like she said, betrayals in her nature, and Blair doesn't want the stirring Serena speech telling her what a good person she is, because she knows she's not, and she's just kind of accepting that Yale kicking her out is her karma. Like, I don't know what exactly is making Blair act this way. She just like got really depressed out of nowhere when she was talking to Miss Carr before. Yeah, I, I don't and know. I, I think she, yeah, she she finally realized that like uh, her actions are catching up with her. Just all hit her. Like, this is have consequences. This is a big moment for just these glasses shattering for all the characters. They're just yeah <laughs> having these realizations crumble towards them. Like even Miss Carr, like at, when she realized, she's like, "What the fuck am I doing with <laughs> yeah, my life?" That's funny. <laughs> Wait, guys, that's different. just what good art will do to you. Yeah, yeah. The Age of Innocence really inspiring <laughs> everyone. Who would have known? Yeah, it's to a point where Serena even knows like she can't. Obviously, like Blair told her not to try and make her feel better, but she, if she really right. wanted to and has something to say, she would have said it. And I think she's like, you know, if Blair's kind of right. I have no, I have nothing to add on to what she said, so I'm just gonna leave. Right. Right. Blair just wants to be alone, and Serena like listens to her request, but does give her a little love tap on the back and says, "You're still my best friend," which is nice. Which is nice. Unfortunately, not the best Blair Serena scene, but better than we've been getting because we haven't been getting these Blair Serena scenes at all. Not a, up to the classic season one standards, but better than nothing. And I like that Serena gave Blair her space, but still let her know that she was sorry and that they're still best friends. So good look for Serena here. Yes. Very nice. And so Jenny comes in Dan's room. She found a letter by the door. Gives it to Dan, and it reads. Just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but no. we do hear the ghost of Rachel reading it for us. Uh -huh. Just just tells Dan that she's going back to Iowa and apologizes and quotes Edith Wharton. But the funniest part is when she signs it, thank you. Or. Oh, <laughs> she really so desperately wants to be like one of them that she's going by her first <laughs> initial now. Signing it R like she's a character on Gossip Girl. Like, are you kidding me? R is R? one of the ones that does not work. We, we talked about this. Did, this is not a good one. Yeah, did this make Colin Stone's list on worst single letter nicknames? It had to make him so angry. Signing <laughs> off. R. R. XOXO. Uh, R. R. She didn't get caught. She learned her lesson. She can't sign Rachel <laughs> yeah, exactly. She learned her lesson. I think RC, going by her first last name initials, is definitely much better than just R. Yeah, like, yeah I like, like RC. Cola. Yeah, like the cola. I mean, not the best cola, but definitely a good nickname. Yeah. And I am happy to report, Brendan, that this is the last appearance of RC. Oh, Carr. yeah. You do not have to see that stupid, get pervy smile of hers anymore. Get out of here, you. Get back to Iowa. <laughs> So Chuck 
goes to Blair's house. Uh, Dorota is not in her maid uniform for maybe like the first time all series, but instead is in an iconic robe. Um, oh, I haven't asked our, our guest. Anna, do you love Dorota? Obviously. Obviously, as everyone does. Every guest that comes on loves Dorota. Brendan, how's Dorota watch going for you? Pretty good. This is a, maybe a little bit of an uptick in um, Dorota fandom here because although she didn't have a ton of lines, she was still in the background of a lot of the scenes, almost every scene that Blair was in, which is funny to yeah. think about... <laughs> These kids rehearsing for a play, and none of their parents are there, or anybody. Like, but she, Blair just has a worker <laughs> with her at all times <laughs> at like a high school Blair production. An employee. It's so funny. I think, I think Dorota should have gotten a part in the play. I think uh, Chuck, with his acute stage fright, I think Dorota should have just gotten whatever she Chuck's stepped part in, was right? Be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, Blair's not here, but Chuck says he'll wait. And it seems like now that Blair and Chuck are both at their lowest points, I guess they can come back to each other, or maybe not, because obviously. That was Elle's purpose in all of this. Um, but like I said, we really didn't need all the secret murder club and the Carter Bazin shenanigans. I, I thought it was pointless. But in another twist, Carter finds Blair alone at the bar while Chuck is waiting at her place. And uh, this guy's whole reason for existing seems to just be to ruin Chuck's life for some reason. So he buys Blair a drink, and that's how we end the episode. So then what's going to happen next? Are we in the Blair-Carter era uh, of Gossip Girl? I hope not. I don't like that guy. Uh, where, where were they that he knew to be there? Or like, did he not know? Or what, what, what? it seemed like they were not far from where the play was. Like, it seemed like this was like in it, the same building. I have no idea what bar this is. I don't know if they just bumped into each other. Small Island was like he Manhattan. At the this play? was going to happen. I didn't see him in the play. We probably would have saw him giving a standing ovation, yeah. tears in his eyes, if he was at the play. Um, I guess also more predictions. What what does Chuck do now that he's done playing murder mystery? Mm, maybe he comes back to school. Finally, wow. he hasn't been at school in months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Will he ever come back to school? Also, will we ever get a Jenny plotline again? She's been such a I background know, character sad. for weeks now. I know. We need her back. You guys are Jenny fans? Yeah, we're we like, big we Jenny like fans. Jenny. Love Jenny. She makes for a good app. Sorry. Yeah, Jenny drives a lot of the plot in any um, episode that she has a main role in. She is just so iconic. She's one of the only people that can go toe-to-toe for Blair and, like, actually yeah. beat her at her own game. She can, like, she has established that she can run to the top of the uh, Constance food chain if she wants to. She has established that she can be a successful fashion designer at age 15 if she wants to. Yeah, so much She's established young age. that she can work her way to the top of Waldorf Designs if she wants it. Like, she can do whatever she wants. She is i i love she she oh she hates her parents she hates rufus she curses him out every chance she gets i love a character that just hates their parents so yeah jenny can really do no wrong in my eyes all of that is true but she doesn't know how to apply eyeliner whatever (laughs) but and anything that you can fault jenny with i will just fire back with yeah but she's only 15 so that is anything that I can... I think that, that Den, Den even called her out on that. I think like last episode or two episodes ago, he's like, I'm yeah. glad that, that raccoons are gone or whatever he says. Yeah, that but raccoon is still not great. Gone. Yeah. So let's get into some segments here. Um, of course, Comedy Fan is back to give us our user review of the week. And they say... The stage perform- Oh, they gave an 8 out of 10 and say the stage performance oh. where everyone lets their anger out was absolutely great. The episode wasn't bad altogether, although I'm a bit disappointed with the outcome of the Chuck and Secret Society story. Join the club, comedy fan. I thought there will be more, and it will be more exciting. Blair trying to figure out who is after her was a good part of the show. All right. Thank you, comedy okay. fan, for weighing in. Another great one. Next week, the episode is called The Grandfather. Brendan, do you have any predictions based on the episode title? Ooh, do we meet Chuck's grandpa? We meet... A, Grandpa, I will give you that much. Is okay. your official prediction that it will be Chuck's? Yes. 
All right. The little blurb for next week says, Blair explores her dark side. All oh, right. Baby. That confirms what I said. <laughs> I mean, they, I already confirmed that there will be a grandfather in the next episode. Yeah. Don't you worry. So let's get into some episode grades. I went first last week. So, Brendan, you will go first this week. What grade are you giving mm. this episode? Okay. Well, like we said uh, about the the big play scene, it is great. It's, it's an all-time Gossip Girl scene to this point in the series. The beginning of the episode starts a little bit slow, uh, as, as it does in a lot of Gossip Girl episodes. I, I was feeling a little bit like sometimes, and maybe even a lot of times in Gossip Girl, they have enough stuff for like a 25-minute episode of TV, but they are forced to right. do the 45ers. And I think if the show was shorter... I would like it a lot more. It seems like there's always so much filler, and like by the time that gets to the end of the episode, it's like a great episode of television, but it takes too long to get there sometimes. That's a little bit how I was feeling with this one, um, especially with having that lackluster Chuck plotline. Um, but with how good that big climax uh, of of the Nate outburst and everyone outbursting, and it's all that was so good, and the the cliffhanger at the end. Really had me excited for uh, meeting this grandfather next episode. So, uh, with all that combined, I'll give it a B. Okay, so Brendan is giving this episode a B. Uh, Casual Anna, would you like to go next? Um, I would say I thoroughly enjoyed it. It made me want to watch more Gossip Girl. Maybe I'll start a rewatch. So oh, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm gonna give it, but not enough Chuck or not enough interesting Chuck. Yeah, yeah. For me. Um, so I'll give it B plus. Okay. All right. So Anna is giving this episode a B plus. And so me, I am very high on this episode. After not being happy with last week's episode, I am so pleased to say that we're back. And like the main, the main plot line with, with all of it, you know, as you said, the play, it's wacky and absurd and hilarious and so stupid. And this may be one of the best things I've ever done. Uh, the Dan Rachel stuff, the Serena Vanessa, Nate Julian stuff, and the Blair stuff all combine with each other so perfectly. We get some great Blair on the warpath moments and a ton of iconic lines from her that genuinely just made me laugh out loud. We have the classic Cyrano moment with Serena that uh, Serena and Cyrano, kind of similar names here. I wonder bit. if uh, they did that on purpose. Mm. Uh, and she, Serena sells the shit out of it. Uh, Dan sends Miss Carr packed. We never have to see her again. I so desperately want to give this episode an A. The only thing is, surprisingly, yet again, the Chuck storyline. I can't believe they dragged this thing out for a whole second episode. Every time we returned back to the plot, I was like, ugh. It completely took me out of enjoying the episode. I I keep asking myself, is this enough to keep this from being a perfect episode? And unfortunately, I think that it is. So I am going to give this episode an A-, minus. but the play plot is perfection. And if they just took out the Chuck stuff, it's an easy A for me. But instead, I will be giving it an A-. minus. It's tough because it's like literally half the episode. Um, And and if if you just include Chuck and all these shenanigans instead, it would be so much more fun. Uh, imagine chuck in this play like chuck would be so funny with these little one-liners in the play like if you just include him in it like they dropped the ball on this one yeah they really did it was just it was a gossip girl episode and then whatever chuck's show is yeah yeah exactly again it's like two separate shows that we had to watch Mm -hmm. um so let's get into the mvps brendan who's your mvp of the episode Uh, this is a tough one because you were talking about earlier how everyone kind of has a good episode except for like all the main characters do anyway um Mm -hmm. So I think the one that stands out to me the most because he's been so in the background lately, uh, Nate and his, and his like him starting the outburst for everyone to join in with him. 
Uh, this is maybe one of his best moments of the series to date, and I just I loved him. And another him. thing, yeah, he's, he's, and he, he, comes, he comes back for more afterwards. He uses a lot of some vocabulary I've never heard in my life. Um, he looks great in the top hat and the slicked back hair. I think it's just a really good episode for Nate. You know, MVP for for a season uh, for a season plus. I was the only one who was ever showing Nate some love, and now you have been the one showering Nate with MVPs this season. Yeah, he's he's been he's been very good. I, I like I like his. Uh, He's a normal person in in this world. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many freaks. And honestly, he deserves an MVP just for the top hat alone. Yes, he does. All right, uh, casual Anna, who is your MVP of the episode? Well, I'm not going to copy and say Nate, but a second. I mean, I just have to always give it to Blair. I think she's the funniest, yes. holds it together, and just has the best lines, and just is always the driving force of the episodes. Very good, and. I mean, the makeout in the carriage is just <laughs> iconic. And yeah, she deserves an MVP just for that. And I almost did give Blair an MVP. I think she definitely deserves in this episode. Um, I'm sure you can tell that I thought mostly everyone had an amazing episode. So this could have been tough. But I believe I made a rule back in Eric's Biggs episode that if you come out of the closet, you get an MVP for me. And Julian technically does come out to Serena in this episode. Not only that, but he did it in such a funny way that had me laughing. And you know what? It's just so nice. To have this representation during Pride Month, and it would be borderline homophobic of me not to give him an MVP. <laughs> also, he did legitimately win me over by the end of the episode. He is such an absurd character that also made me laugh a few times throughout the episode. And he just got he got the most out of his actors and put on a great play and got great reviews from Mr. Isherwood. So he does have a pretty good episode here, yeah. this Broadway director. So Julian, I think, also deserves an MVP. So I will not hesitate to give him my MVP wow. of the episode. Good for him. Nice. Very now good. let's get I'm into I'm glad you're not. I was worried that you'd be kind of homophobic this episode. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm glad someone decided to uh, to give some, some props to the to the representation during Pride Month here. <laughs> so, LVP, Brendan. Easy one. Your Miss Carr, get the fuck out of here. I'll never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Wow. Love it. Um, so that is Miss Carr, LVP from Brendan. Anna, who is your LVP of the episode? I think my LVP has to be L. Oh. Wow. Like that? Oh, that's a good one. I do. I do, <laughs> yeah. do, do LVP like spelled E-L-L-E. <laughs> Second week in a row, L is getting an wow, LVP. really getting shafted. So it's it's going to, not only is it the second week in a row that the guest is giving Ellen LVP, but it's the second week in a row that both me and Brendan are giving Miss Carr an LVP. It's my last chance to nah, give Miss Carr oh, an LVP. So, so you, the negatives. You best believe wow. I'm taking advantage. Yeah, even with that stray MVP that Dom Harvey gave her. Um, I am. Oh my gosh, she <laughs> would. I am so sick, like I said, of the Dom Harvey and Mike's Bloom of the World defending this woman, and I am here to continue tearing her down every chance that I can get. She had sex with a student in the fucking school. Defend that, Dom and Mike. You can't. And besides that, although uh, that is a big deal, she stooped as low as possible to play the, the Gossip Girl game as an adult teacher and continued ruining poor Blair's future. Also, she gets dumped by a teenager and has to go back to Iowa, so she definitely loses the episode. She gets dumped what by a teenager. She really does. What, I didn't think about that. What a terrible place to be banished to. Like, what even happens in Iowa besides Field of Dreams and and sorry to all our Iowan listeners of which I'm sure there are many I, I don't mean it for those of you who are listening I'll but, find out and uh, we'll talk about it next Rachel episode. Rachel loses this episode she's my LVP and I, I'm glad that she got another couple of LVPs in this episode so that are all of our segments except of course for everyone's favorite Lonely Boys Theater you are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater And for this episode of Lonely Boys Theater, we will be doing 
the scene with Blair, Dorota, and Serena, where Serena accuses Blair of uh, sabotaging her and, you know, sending out that Gossip Girl Bless. So, I am usually Blair, but I know that you are a big Blair fan as well, Anna, so I will give you the opportunity. Would you like to be Blair or would you like to be someone else? No, you can place me wherever. I don't want to uh, disrupt the uh, the flow of the Lonely Boys. All right. I, I, I will be Blair then. Uh, Brendan, would you like to keep up your your and be your girl serena or would you like to take dorota uh ooh, i'll be serena what what i some reason this scroll to the top i don't i don't know where i don't know where we start again no, this is why line? i get a setup before the episode. i did and uh, it scrolled up by itself okay by itself it's real okay sure uh blair the first line is that blair says that uh, i've lost everything okay not to spoil what's about to happen to the, yeah, no. to the listeners. I mean, I, I'd say that you could probably just edit this out in post, but I know better than that. You will not do that. No, and all of this will, will stay in the finished People product. Us, yeah. So hello to all of our listeners listening to us figure this out. <laughs> Don't know why you're hearing this, but... <laughs> And I say I say in this these moments that people love to hear this just so I it's like a, a fake. I've never gotten that feedback. I, I've I've never had anyone say love the episode this week. I loved when you guys were kind of figuring out the production of it and just kind of like fucking up and just trying to get back on track. That was so good. I love yeah, the behind the scenes it makes moments. for things like this. They they love these back and forth. So Ooh, you're, you're welcome. Who is fans. they? <laughs> they? They all do. All the I, all the, they? all the Iowan listeners. <laughs> Have you found your place? Yeah, 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 I've been here for a while. I've been waiting for you. Right, honestly, does, that, does everyone have does everyone have their <laughs> script in front of them? Yes, yes, yes. Ready. All right, I will get us started. I've lost everything. I'm humiliated and shunned. They've made me flesh and blood, Countess Oleska. You are an actress. Pour it into the role. Use pain on stage. Right. I'm an actress. No. I'm a seagull. No, you're a shameless bitch. <laughs> now what? <laughs> The shit Every- <laughs> <so good. laughs> now what <laughs> everything you've done spreading rumors about who have had sex with what alley i puked in or telling dean baruby that i killed pete fairman i forgave everything all because one day i thought one day you'd grow up but putting out a gossip girl blast about yale and the press release serena i didn't put out the blast at least you have the dignity not to lie to me I- at least i thought you'd have the dignity not to lie to my face i'm not lying only two people knew about it you and dan and dad would never do something like that I always want to believe the best in you, Blair. The bottom line is betrayals in your nature. I storm out. My God, she's storming out. I didn't do it, Dorota. I believe you, Miss Blair. I didn't? That means Dan Humphrey did. Vanessa told him about Marcus, and he could have put that out too. All to get revenge for Teachergate. Do you know how hard it is when your enemy is changing every five minutes? You need to calm nerves and warm vocal cord. You want tea? No, I want Dan Humphrey's head on a platter. Wow, that was so good. You could really tell that your theater background was coming out there. Theater major, casual Anna. Everyone is giving us a round of applause right now. All of the listeners that are reaching out to Brendan saying that they love all the behind the scenes stuff are now applauding. Uh-huh. Uh, the scene that we just reenacted, that was really good. I think maybe our best one yet. Maybe. It, it very well maybe. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get that feedback soon. All right. So that's all we've got, except, of course, for a little thing called plugs. Gotta say, once again... Casual Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, you are one of my favorite podcast guests. I always enjoy when you are on a podcast, and I'm sure that this one will be no different. People will love seeing in their feeds that the iconic Casual Anna Klemperer is here uh, on on an episode. Um, so thank you once again for coming. 
on the podcast. And do you have anything that you'd like to plug at this hour? Um, I mean, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. Of course. It's at Anna Klemperer, A-N-N-A-K-L-E-M-P-E-R-E-R. Become my internet friend. I'll message back, follow back. So <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Yes, it was of course. a thanks great time. I, I will say. I think I'm gonna have to dive back in and figure out. Absolutely. I think so. You got to do a watch along, listen along. I know. I'm going to have to. I famously don't use Instagram, and I only follow six people on Instagram, and Anna is one of them. And so, if I can do it, so can all of you. Everyone better be giving Anna that follow. She deserves it for the great work she just did on this two-hour-long podcast. Um, and then, what are you plugging? So. Last week with Mike Bloom, I plugged uh, our themed month for the Hoppy Boys, where we're going to review uh, once a week. We're going to do a different variety pack of Truly. Uh, we are no longer doing that. <laughs> Scra- scrapping, scrapping the project. Um, but do look out for former guests of Lonely Boys are going to be in the upcoming episodes instead. We're replacing those episodes with uh, appearances by Mel Got Served and Kirsten McInnes uh, reviewing a couple oh. different things. So I think that's, that's a good replacement. If we're not going to do that... Those people might as well come on and hang out with us and talk some beers well. and, and what, seltzers. What happened else. to Truly? We just didn't have enough time. With all the Patreon stuff going on, we don't have enough time to do uh, a, a big month-long weekly episode project like that. So we'll, we'll, we're going to save it for next year. Wow. All the Truly heads just unsubscribed. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But yeah, listen to that, to that when that comes out uh, this month or next month. And uh, check out me and Gagan are crushing it over on Patreon uh, talking about the OC. At the the hobby the patreon.com slash the hobby boy spot. I, I actually did sure, I'm not for sure you're gonna say you ditched out on truly to do vitamin water. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we we actually will have to review vitamin water at some point for like a sober October or something. That's a good idea. Oh, count me out on that episode. <laughs> um, so I actually did get feedback on on the OC podcast. Not not like just your mythical vase who keep <laughs> the Iowans keep messaging you. Um but uh, the the free episode for everyone that that we released anyway, a uh, friend of the pod, Scally, messaged me and said that he laughed out loud oh. multiple times. Wow, that's good good feedback. I like that every time one of us mentions someone that Anna knows, she just gives a little aw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all so nice. Um, I love the OC. What episode did you do? Uh, we've just done the first two episodes so far. Seth Cohen is just he's the best. Uh, we'll yeah. have to have you when we start doing guests for that one. We'll have to yeah, have you on for definitely. that as well. Uh, you're gonna you're, you might be the first person to do the triple crown of uh lonely boys sandy boys and swifty boys all three you'll be oh a guest God. on sandy boys is a great name <laughs> yeah you like it okay oh, speaking of it's which yeah speaking of which bit. i uh yeah okay, exactly good. uh scally also said he liked the name and also kirsten and Lindsay of the bojack horse pod also convinced me to keep the name as well everyone is loving okay. it so far so i think we have to lock into uh sandy boys as the name of you our know, podcast it's funny how you mentioned all those names and i don't see any of them subscribing here in my in my patreon <laughs> <laughs> very interesting <laughs> very, very interesting, very interesting. <laughs> all right well um i will plug of course the save by the bell reboot which everyone should be watching we are just a few more views away from getting renewed for season three and uncanceled that is of course the ultimate goal here um speaking of things that should have been renewed for season three hacks actually was renewed for a season three i know that we were a little worried about that but now that it is for sure renewed brendan you can watch the first two seasons of what many people are saying the best show on tv currently um 
So you can get to that, put that on your list. Um, I did recently record a podcast, but I think for the first time ever, this episode is actually going to be released before that episode. So I will actually hold off on hold plugging off. that. Okay. Usually by the time I plug things, it's been like weeks since it was released, but this time it is the opposite. So um, I guess besides all that, just follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. Follow Brendan at Ruppy Puppy. Follow the Hoppy Boys podcast at the Hoppy Boys Pod. You already know you should be following Anna on Instagram. And that's all I got. So please come back next week where we'll have, of course, another iconic guest. Breaking Down Season 2, Episode 19, The Grandfather. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely Boys. boys. All right. Great job.